Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast, the pre-Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup, not Continental Cup, Challenge Cup final um, episode. Uh, we're not currently joined by Andy Stafford. Hopefully he may be joining us later. His um, his status is pending, um, but we're joined by Mr. David Grant. Dave, how are we doing? Uh, evening, uh, Joe. Uh, how are you? I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. Day off work tomorrow. Sorry, Greth. Yeah, not I'm sorry. looking forward to day off work work. Um... Been looking forward to this weekend. It's it's just a massive weekend. I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot if we're allowed to talk about something that involves Sheffield on this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, all, all's good here. Looking forward to a weekend of good hockey. Um, two best teams in the country. Bring it on. Steady with saying two best teams in the country. Uh, you, we're getting a little bit too on the bias side there, mate. But I'm offering a 50% ratio not on Sheffield. Fair point. Well made. Fair point. Well made. <laughs> Gref, the man who brings a little bit less bias into our podcast. How are we doing today? I'm very good, thanks. How are you, Joe? I'm all right, mate. I've, uh, I've got a day off tomorrow, if you've not already heard. Uh, never would have guessed. No, I know. Gref, on a serious point, have you recovered from the Crystal Maze last week? Yeah, you just had to do uh-huh. it, did you? Uh-huh, You're yeah. supposed to be on my side <laughs> having a day off. I'm, I'm doing the best of both worlds here, so, you know. Uh, it's only what you would do, Joe. Can I just say you're being very biased against me right now, and I'm not can, happy about it. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah, 50, 50, yeah. Come on now. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, as we say, Andy is uh, is is pending currently, just like Manchester's playoff hopes. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we may be joined by him later on. We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. A um, lot of hockey, few twists and turns. Um, in terms of the title race, Nottingham beat Cardiff 7-3. Sheffield said thank you. Um, Guildford beat Manchester. No, Guildford beat Belfast. I read two different lines there. Um, <laughs> Guildford beat Belfast 5-4 in overtime. Um, Glasgow beat Manchester 2-0. Uh, but just to make sure that we're not being too anti-Manchester, we're also going to be anti-Sheffield. Um, Guildford beat Sheffield 5-4. And Cardiff said thank you. So a lot of hockey over the last week. Gents, what what are our highlights? My highlights, uh, or my highlight, involves Sheffield, but not the Steelers themselves. It's actually five-step mind Adam Morrison and the save he pulled off on Saturday. Quite frankly, he should have been arrested. It was robbery. It was just filth. It was outstanding. It's one of the saves. You look at five-step miners over the, the, the time they've been in the they always have his net man that pulls off these ridiculous and outrageous saves. This is just a, another one of a long line that Fife have produced over the years. It was it was great. It got everyone on their, their feet applauding. Um, at the point where... Everybody appreciate good saves. Well, in fairness, you know, Sheffield are, if we are allowed to say, we're <laughs> being successful against Fife. Um, <laughs> this was a point where Morris had just pulled the stops and everyone was applauding. Sheffield fans um, showing, you know, good sportsmanship to a good piece of hockey. Yeah, I'm going to go for... The power play in which Ian Water scored for Guildford against Belfast. A nice tic-tac-toe play from John Dubar to Reddick to Waters and put great in the net. Some really nice play and a, and a great work of a power play. Yeah, mine just to wrap up has to be um, Egil's Khan's goal, uh, number one play of the week. Uh, and for the first time in a while, the, a justified number one player of the week, I think. Um, 
Doesn't look like much on first watch if you don't watch very closely. Um, second time round, you see the shot comes in, rebound off the goalie, and just a nice little tap out of midair uh, into the top shelf for the net. So a really, really nice finish. Really nice play. For the, the importance of balance, uh, players of the week, did, uh, was Joey Martin mentioned? I don't think he was, was he? Oh, I, don't, I, I, didn't, recall, I didn't recall him. So I think the Elite League have slipped up there. In the interest of balance, of course, we need to praise all 10 teams where we can. So we have to uh, take a step back and, and wait for the uh, the contractual backlash that comes from the fact that Joey Martin was not mentioned in, yeah. uh, in the plays of the week. But who knows? We can only presume that the Charles Lingley goal that was played number one, it was passed. It was the pass came from Joey Martin. Just, just, just to presume. Uh, let's go with the fourth pass of the whole play was Joey Martin. So that's his involvement. Yeah. Now actually going to double check to see if that goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Dixon and Haddad. Fair play. Haddad, who's having a stellar year for the Devils. Very true. Very true. We almost didn't mention him last week for the MVPs, though. I don't like him. I'm not going to lie, but fair play to him. He's having a stellar year. Very true. Very. Uh, to be fair, Hello. I don't think there's many kind of players that we'd actually say we liked. Oh, there's a few I like. Lingley's one. Lingley's one. Yeah, yeah. Def- so in the, definitely the quarterfinal against Sheffield. If we may mention, um, last year he was the. Um, how, <laughs> how can I PC put it? He was the rat. And he just he just got Cardiff out of a massive hole and gave him a chance to make the uh, the final four, which, if I'm honest, and not being humbly bragging about it, but it was their toughest tie of the three was the quarter final. Uh, but it was Lingley who just really was a rat of all rats um, and just did it well. And you kind of just look back and you just go, what a performance that were to get his team back into a shot of making the final four, which they did and they went to win it again. If it helps as well, Jerry Martin did score in that game. It does help. It makes all the difference. That's it. The, the balance is there. We're, we're happy now. If anything, there's more imbalance because he scored a goal, giving them even more ways to give him um, to give him a play of the week. So actually, if anything, him scoring a goal, I would say he's worse. But we are significantly off track. <laughs> so um, we will swerve back on track towards... Um, the title race, gents. It's been a bit of an interesting weekend. Yes, it's it's like a roller coaster. In fact, I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago. Many of us have mentioned it. A description of a roller coaster, and it's just another segment of the Big Dipper. Um, you know, Sheffield going ahead, then Cardiff pulling back, back and forth, back and forth, and this weekend I think is going to be the uh, the catalyst to decide who's going to do. Who's going to go for it? I think with the momentum of the Cardiff-Sheffield game and the weekend as a series, even though the Sunday is a complete different one-off, I think if Cardiff was to win both, even with their ridiculous schedule, I think they'll do it. And it's the first time I've mentioned, I said that. I just get the feeling now that if they get the momentum, I think they'll ride it. And that will go against eight games in 16 nights. But I think if Sheffield win one of the games, ideally, and I apologise for being biased here, both games... Um, and there's a bigger reason why I want the win on the Sunday um, I think Sheffield will will go through will do the business and, and win the league but again we've said it I think the past weeks you can't call it and you, you still can't I, don't, I think the only time you'll be able to call it is when one team crosses the line that no one can catch up I think that's the only time you can do it it's just been that back and forth it's been great to, to be a part of 
Not when you kind of want well, to. Well, I mean, it's been better than last season. <laughs> well, but in fairness, you look at the last few years of, of title races, and even when Manchester had, had a stiff of winning the title, I think that was the first year that Cardiff won the league, was it not? Um, so there you go, we praise Manchester. Um, they've not been as close and as tight and as back and forth. Um, this one has, and then it's not just Cardiff and Sheffield. You've had Belfast in the play, Nottingham in the play, and Coventry been hovering around. You know, they're, they're like that. You know, they've been prowling around the edge of trying to be in the top four. I don't think they're going to get into that bracket. But come from where they've been the past few years, by Christ, Coventry have been outstanding. Yeah, I was looking at the table over the weekend, the last the games have been played. Coventry at one point were third. Which is crazy. When you think of how the season's been and then one point in it between you and Cardiff. That's that's pretty. It's going to be a, a pretty good ending to the season, for the regular season anyway. I mean, for an outsider, it will be. I mean, it will be for if you're a Sheffield player or a Cardiff fan. I mean, you probably who want in healthcare. Oh, you know, you might not be able to get it that much at the moment. Couldn't help himself with that one, could he? No, couldn't. Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, you look at the points percentage of the top five teams. There are five teams in the Elite League right now over 60% point percentage. Uh, Coventry and Belfast are on 62. Nottingham are on 63. Cardiff are on 69. Um, and then Sheffield are on 66. Um Part of me wants to make a goon reference about the fact that Cardiff are on 69. But, um, yeah, just, I mean, that that shows you the proximity in the league this year, not only with the top two, but with the top five. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, obviously, it's, there's a big battle between Sheffield and Cardiff currently. Cardiff have got three games in hand. Uh, they play each other twice. So, realistically, one game in hand to put that point on would put them, well, sorry, put those two points on, would put them a point in front. Um, if Cardiff had managed to actually, sorry, if Sheffield had managed to beat Guildford, all they would actually need is to win all of their games. Uh, with two games against Cardiff, there'd be a point in front, uh, but that didn't happen. So It just but, shows the fine margins, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it, as I say, it's, it's just like a seesaw right now. It's, it's One minute you think it's Sheffield, one minute you think it's Cardiff. I say I mentioned that if they, if Cardiff were to win the, this weekend, I think they'll ride the crest, and this is why the crest I'm on about is from the 14th of March to the end of the season, they play eight games and 16 nights, which is bad enough. You in essence play one night rest, play one night rest. They don't let you do that, but that's kind of how it is. If you look at it is basically yeah, but then if you look at the fixtures they've got, they've got travel. And with the recent news, because I know they fly a lot to Scotland, with the recent news of a Flybee's sad demise, that, you know, maybe going back to the old, get on the, on the coach, they've got Dundee away. They've got Glasgow on a Wednesday night. They've got Nottingham, which they do historically struggle. So as much as they've got these games in hand, you have that schedule of how the games are tight-knit. And teams that could, not just banana skins, but just be absolute, Hot potential horror shows for him. 
that percentage that you mentioned, it's been it's changed game in game out. It's yeah. got it's, it's been a, as back and forth as as the race. And I, I just I think it's going to continue to be that. I mean, I think credit to the five teams that have kept it within the 60% mark ratio. You know, because one thing you can say this year that you've not had, and I think that's because of the, the tightness of the league, is no one team's gone, I'm consistent, I'm winning the league. Whereas you look at the last two, three years, Cardiff have done it, Belfast have eventually done it. When I say eventually because they had to pull off an 11-point deficit to Cardiff. But they've got that run of consistency. No team this year has. So... It's it's exciting. It, it normally, in fairness, the race for the playoff spot has been the most exciting race. I think for once this year, I think the title could be as exciting, if not more exciting, than the playoff race. Not to say that the playoff race isn't as exciting, but compared to previous years, I think this year's is probably the more exciting and definitely um, one that I think a lot of people will keep an eye on. Yeah, it certainly is. Um... I don't know what you guys think. I'll put the question out to you. Um, would it be fair to say if Cardiff win the league, it would be more deserved than if Sheffield won the league just on the premise of what they'd have to ride out to get that title win? I mean, Sheffield, in, in comparison, have got quite an easy run in if you catch my drift. I say yes and no. Uh, yes, if you said from now, if there were, I'd agree wholeheartedly because of the run. But, and I'm sure you're not doing it intentionally, but that it would kind of potentially knock what Sheffield done in getting the points on the board, runs on the board type thing, and Sheffield have been the forerunner of that. Yeah, but you've also got to keep in mind that the reason Sheffield were able to play those extra games is because Cardiff were playing extra games in the CHL. So it's not, at times, oh, at really, times at least. Only realistically two games, because four of the games were done before the season started. True. As much as they did have a bit of a squeeze of games because of the CHL, so I'm not going to rule out that theory. Um, but again, I, I think it just falls down to the consistency and not one team just being consistent enough to to want to win the league. I think they have, all five teams want to win it, but just that normal stretch of, of results that you see year in, year out of a team that wins it, you just haven't seen it this year. Yeah. Um, if, Like I say, if you called it now, from as we're speaking, I would say yes. I don't know what Gref thinks, but I would say if Cardiff was to win it from from now, you would say, yeah, definitely deserved. More than Sheffield would to win it. From now, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. that they deserve it if they, from now, they've won every single game with the amount of games they've got. But as a season as a whole, I probably wouldn't say that they deserve that. I probably would have said they've been I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say it's consistent because most teams haven't been consistent this season. So it's been a weird one. But it's made it more entertaining as a fan when you're not looking at social media, that is. Yeah, it's definitely true. Um, I mean, the other flip side, the, the flip side argument to that as well is Cardiff have got a significant advantage on a, on a, a fair few teams in the league. You look at Nottingham, they had a decent rebuild this year. Um, Guy Doucette as GM, Tim Wallace as, as coach. A lot of new players coming in. Sheffield obviously had a big overhaul, uh, bringing in Aaron Fox and bringing in a lot of new imports. And then you've got Cardiff, who realistically could just reset off what they had last season. Um, so, you know, they don't need to build line pairings and chemistry within the team that other teams have to do. 
Um, so you've got, I guess you've got that flip side argument as well is that Cardiff didn't have that first uphill battle. Um, to be fair, I mean, there's one thing that I've seen on social media quite a lot that's, that's irritated me a little bit in, in terms of Steelers fans try, kind of trying to pull out the scapegoat argument already just in case they don't win the league. They've then got the, the fallback of, oh, yeah, but it's OK because we've done well and it's an improvement from last season. I, I think in principle, yes, in application, shut up. Because I, 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 think, I don't think there's a single person in the league that can actually honestly, hand on heart, say that the Steelers haven't done well to improve by the margin that they have. But at the same time, you can't sit there and go, oh, well, it's OK if we don't win because of because we've done well. That No, that doesn't. If you're a sports fan, that doesn't sit. You win the league or it's nothing. You only say that, you only reflect on that, and have and have some value in that statement after the season. Yeah. When the dust has settled, and you have the ability to go, actually, how have we done? And it don't matter which team. But from Sheffield's perspective, if they weren't to win the league, it will hurt because of how long Sheffield have been on top of the league. But May, June, July time, whilst we're all battling Corona, may go. Do you know what? Actually, that was a good season, given what the past year. Um, some fans still stuck in their resistance ways may think three years, but given the last season, the improvement in entertainment and results tenfold. But as sports fans, it's all about winning. It's all about the silverware. It's all about the glory at the end of the season. Who's the one walking away with the silverware? And if your team's not that, it don't cut the mustard that, oh, we had a good season. Until later on when the dust has settled. It's almost like, I don't know, I feel like our fan base quite a lot of the time has to sit back on excuses. We always made the joke about, well, a lot of people made the joke about Tomo's excuses. It's, I don't think it's, it was just Tomo, it's just our fan base as a whole. There's so many games that we've lost this season where it's been, oh, but we've got flu, oh, but this sickness in camp, oh, but we've, we're short-benched. We were playing a team with full, a full import quota against a team like Fife or Dundee that had two and a bit lines, three lines, and we're running a couple of imports short. And then we're sitting there going, oh, but we're short-benched because realistically we've got two imports injured that we've replaced. It's just always this insistence on sitting back on an excuse when we lose. And I think it almost seems like we're already setting the foundations for that just in case we don't win the league. So, so you know, so was it really the fan base excuses, not Tomo's excuses? Maybe so. I think, in fairness, I think flu ones, you can easily tell where there's been that type of illness that's gone through a team and you can just tell the way they're playing. Yeah. And there's been a couple of games that we've seen where, if we're allowed to say, um, that you can just tell that they're not the team, they can't pass, they can't skate from what they have done consistently over the season. And then that could be any team. You watch your team on a regular basis, and Greff will be the same for Manchester. You'll watch them and you'll know what they do on a regular basis and, and the attainment that they can do. And if they are nowhere near that, and you kind of hear the, the rumours of this flu around, it makes sense. It adds up because... You don't go from playing a style that and the team that your team is able to do to falling significantly sharp. So, but our fan base, we do like an excuse. But I think we're used to pulling excuses out for stuff that's happened from um, certain members of the club over the years. It's kind of that natural reaction of uh, putting the shields up and protecting. Yes. Um, not saying it's the right thing, not saying it's the wrong thing. I'm not criticising anybody for the fan base having to do that. However history will say that that's what the Steelers fan base has done because of um, but like I say you know, we, we, we like a, 
Um, but like a good excuse. Like a good moan. We're going to blame someone. None of the referees. None of the referees. Don't start me off about the referees again. Don't start me off about the referees again. Um, swerving no. back on topic rather than going on referees, do we have anything else to add on the title race or not? I, um, I think we'll just end up repeating the same lines next week um, until the very last weekend of the season. But going to be a cracking end of the season. Absolutely cracking. There's not going to be a better end of the season for a long time. It's, um, I'm going to ask this every week at the moment, I think, with the way that it's running at the moment. Dave, previously you said that Nottingham were going to win. Uh, sorry, Sheffield were going to win. Gref, myself and Andy said Nottingham. What What are we thinking now? Because it's, it's twisting that much every weekend that it's almost like you just reset on what you're thinking. I stand by my comment because in my defence I said because of the schedule that Cardiff have, Yeah. I do think and I you know, I don't think it's because they're not good enough. They are. But I think that schedule, at the end of the season, where teams are battling and bruised, that's going to hurt them. And I think that's where they'll slip up and, and drop points. Um, and I think also Sheffield only have one real travel game in their five. OK, it's Dundee, where they have struggled this year. Um, but I, I just think there's... There's a lot in Sheffield's favour at the moment. Apologies for saying that. Um, and I just think Cardiff have still far too much to do. But if they were to do it, I'll be the first as podcasters to congratulate them. Griff, sticking with Nottingham or are we changing his mind? I'm going to change and go Cardiff. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to change, but I'm going to stay the same. In that I'm not going to say Nottingham, but I'm going to stick with Griff because I'm going with Cardiff as well. I think I, I just can't see Cardiff. They're, they're a team with the experience. They're a team that have played together. There's not that many different players in from last season. Um, learn from the mistakes from last season. They know what they need to do. And, you know, they've been so clinical against every team at times this year. And I think when it comes to the crunch, I, I suspect that that's when they'll, they'll come into their stride. Um. The next thing that I have on the agenda uh, is similar to what we did last week. So obviously last week we did the most valuable players for um, Cardiff, Fife and Coventry. Uh, We eventually managed to remember which team, or I eventually managed to remember which team Crowder played for. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to try and get the the results from the polls up on that. Uh, Obviously, the, the two players that we said for each team, we said Sam Jardine and Gleeson Fournier for Cardiff. Uh, we said Danik Gauthier and um, Adam Morrison for Fife. And we said CJ Mott and Luke Ferrara for Coventry. Um, so, looking at the poll results. Uh, Apologies, Facebook is taking forever to load. So on Facebook, we actually, in the end of it, had a 50-50 split between Adam Morrison and Danny Gauthier. Bang on 50-50. Um, Coventry was 60. You are? Stafford definitely voted on that one. Stafford definitely voted on that one. The best one was when he was sat there trying to tell us that it was a difficult decision of who to say. And me and Dave were just both sat there like, 
No, mate. We know you're going to say Danny Gauthier. So just say it. Um, but, yeah, uh, Coventry-wise, they said... Duh, 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 uh, 68% said Luke Ferrara on Facebook, uh, 32% saying CJ Mott, and then Cardiff 82% said Gleason Fournier over Sam Jardine. Um, Would have been 100% if we managed to get Dre Martin on the vote. Well, I mean, to be fair, that was realistically the reason that we couldn't say Joey Martin on the vote, wasn't it? We, we couldn't make it unfair by including it. Um, it would have just skewed the poll too much. We, we couldn't do that. That's couldn't true. do that. Um, Twitter... Uh, Twitter said Danny Gauthier, 62.2%, Luke Ferrara, 69%, and Gleason Fournier, 78.6%. I think looking at that, as as MVP for Fife has got to be Danny Gauthier, Coventry's is Luke Ferrara, and then Gleason Fournier for for Cardiff, I think, for the three teams. So, yeah, so that's what you guys decided after our two nominations. This week, we are going to be going with Dundee, Belfast, and Manchester. Um, which team shall we start with? Dundee. Dundee. Dave, I'll let you go with Dundee then, mate. So, I've done the same again, uh, apart from one team, um, which you'll find out shortly. I've gone with three players. Um, I'm going with Dufour, Dow, and Marquardt as the ones who I would throw in the mixers to the ones who I'd keep as the number one signing for Dundee. Um, Points are plenty. Um, if I'm honest, I'd lean towards Dow only on the basis of a goal scorer or a defenceman, which the Scottish teams don't necessarily always have. He's on 43, 44 points something in that ballpark figure. So I would be, if I had to pick one, I'd go down. But there are my three nominations. What about your gents? See, I'm going to go with Dow. Oh, God. And if a, on the fact of Bollygaard's got 46 points in 46 games, so goals going forward, as well as a, a good point score putting up the points, which obviously you're going to need in, <laughs> in the elite league. And then you've got obviously a, a D-man that can score goals and give a lot of good assists in Dow. And then obviously with Defoe, you know what you're going to get with him looking after looking at him this season. 46 points, 46 games. So all three are getting top points for their team. I mean, it's no wonder why Dundee are still in the running for a playoff spot with those three players getting over 40 plus points. Yeah, absolutely. Um my three for Dundee would be Alex Leclerc, uh, Kevin Dufour, uh, and I would go with Matt Marquardt just because I think he, he brings so much to that team, not just the goal scoring, uh, but a good amount of leadership as well. Uh, he's been there for a number of years now and he's, he's continued to to do a good job. Alex Leclerc, no words, no words really needed to be fair. He's been a good goalie even at times when they've struggled as a team. Uh, and then Kevin DeFore, I mean, the amount of points that he's put up, he's the top point scorer for the team, 46 in 46. Um, 10 penalty minutes as well, so good in terms of points percentage, uh, and then also you know, keeping nice and disciplined as well, so he's not cost his teams in terms of penalties. Um, so they'd be my three, to be fair. 
Um, we are also now joined by Andy. So, Andy, hello. How are we, mate? You all right? I'm as well, thank you. How are you, bud? I'm good, mate. I'm good. We're, uh, a day off, as, as yourself and Dave. We like to keep rubbing this into to Gref. We like to be biased on the fact that we're having a day off and Gref is not. We are very um, biased, aren't we? Oh, well, what can we say? What can we say? Um... Andy, I appreciate throwing you into the fire a little bit on this one because you've not had the discussion like we have about an agenda before you've come on. Um, any players to throw into the mix for MVP for, for Dundee? I think we're all pretty much on the same sort of wavelength. Uh, I've also gone for Kevin Dufour. I think he's made a massive impact for Dundee. Uh, one of the big reasons why they're still pushing for the playoffs for me. Very good signing for them. Uh, you know, plenty of experience in the ECHL. Uh, did pretty decent there, but, you know, come to Dundee and he's really lighting up for them. Uh, so what's great for them. My second one is Dridden Dow, who was in his second season in Dundee. Last season he played fantastic, had 58, 58 games, 38 points. Uh, and this season he's 41 in 46, so still a very good player to have, especially from a D-man. That's also very good points coverage. And only a minus one as well. So a team like Dundee, that, that's a great plus minus. Uh, my third one... He's Jagadirk. Mainly because he's got the best name in hockey, I think. Come on, Luca Kunti, really? <laughs> well, yeah. In the Elite League. Yeah. yeah in the Elite League. No, we'll go with in the Elite League without a doubt. The one that's, um, you know, a, a, the name that's appropriate for all the audiences. <laughs> you see all the audiences, to be fair, it sounds like a Eurovision version of Agadoo. <laughs> Jagadirk. Yeah, it kind of works, so, doesn't it? So that's the playlist for the car journey tomorrow, sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, just add the singing Jagger Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, again, I think he's done very well. 30 points in 45. Uh, probably not the best discipline. I think he's got 40 penalty minutes and uh, a minus 21. But, you know, I'll take that away. I think he's, again, made a big impact with Dundee. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my three. Fair play. I mean, to be fair, I think we've covered off the, the suggestions on, on Facebook as well. Uh, we only had one on Twitter, I believe, unless any more have come in over the last 24 hours. Uh, the only one that we actually had on Twitter was for uh, was for Manchester. So uh, the the Dundee nominations that we had was Matt Munt said Leclerc and Dufour. Uh, John Smith said Dufour. Luke Whitaker said Dirk. And Joe Sheehan said Leclerc or Dirk. So we've covered off like all the suggestions as well to be, to be fair between us um, so now gents the job is, is to pick two last week was easy because a lot of people mentioned just two but this one we've had two or three mentioned all so like Defoe has been mentioned a few times Dow has been mentioned a few times McQuarrie has been mentioned Leclerc has been mentioned ouch how are we going to pick this one yeah I don't know I'd probably go with Dow, just because that's something we've all mentioned, at least. I didn't mention As well as being... Uh, well, as, as a tiebreaker, if, we, if, if most of us have mentioned him, because I think it's like quite kind of very even, is that actually how many people mentioned all of them four players? So to break it down, and what we did last week was the two that was mentioned the most was the ones that we put forward, because I appreciate he was tied from... Yeah. Uh, Crystal Maze. So I think we'll go down that oh, principle well, again. The Crystal Maze, I swear to God. Not the fans, please. So, yeah, I think on that basis... I Did think, we not all say Defoe? Yeah, I've mentioned Defoe. So, uh, you know, Defoe and Dow. 
with, sig- down, with, with significant honourable mentions to Marquardt and Leclerc. And Dirk. Yeah, moves like Jagger. Yeah, hold on, let me have a look just to double check. Goes so with Leclerc got one, two mentions on Facebook. Defoe got one, two mentions on Facebook. Um, uh, Dirk got two mentions on Facebook. So actually, it's not even there's not even anything decided on that. I, to be fair, I go with Defoe and I go with um, with Dow if we're happy to go with them too. Yep. Good enough. Yep. Sound Dave right that was down for me, mate. Already done, mate. Perfect, mate. Do you know this is this is you're an absolute star, you I've never told you that before. You haven't, mate. There you go. It's the first it's the first time for everything. There is. Just take tomorrow when I finish driving. Yeah, beer when you finish driving, how's about that? That's as good as <laughs> <laughs> I've got my crate already for the car, it's fine. Good um so who's the next team that we've got? Somebody pick a team, we've got Belfast and Manchester left. Manchester, let's get out of the way. You can't say that. You've no, I'm new- right. So, so I'm saying let's get out of the way because I think this is going to be absolute nailed on. I'm even going to go as far as saying we're just going to pick a player just to put on the vote because I think we all know who's going to win it. I think we, I think for for neutrality's sake, we need to uh, we need to have two players to to have the poll. Either that or we just put the poll as Matt Gin versus Matt Gin. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Gin um, home versus Matt Gin away. It's got to be Matt Gin at home, surely. Well, he dies more away. So I go home. Yeah. This is true. Anyway, so let's Manchester then. So we've all established gin, but let's go through. Let's go through, gents. Like pick your pick your two or three. It's up to you guys. How many you want? I I must go. I've only gone gin. There's for me. About the Manchester players. Hey, Jin, Good. there we go. It took you a second to think about that. Point one. well made. Did this help? Did you get the Crystal Maze? Stop, Ash. Yeah. Honestly, stop mentioning <laughs> the Crystal Maze. It's not even for me anymore. Oh, that's okay then. Well, we'll, we'll do it in Cardiff, so it's fine. Um, Is the Crystal Maze in Cardiff? No. Damn it. Um, yeah, Jin's, Jin, the player, has been the only one for me who's. It was give Manchester a chance every night, and Gagnon's done his thing. Earhart's done something. Earhart. Um, the Brits have done all right. Earhart uh, got injured and did his part. Um, uh, yeah, all you could mention all in. Um, you could mention Ulmer. Um, yeah, you could mention him, but for me, not because he's a goalie. I just think he's the one player who has really gave the Storm a chance every night. He's got to be Matching. Just before we move on to you guys, does anybody know what happened to Arlen's arm or leg or whatever part of his anatomy that was? That was his arm. What, what actually happened? I'm, I'm looking at you, Griff, as the Manchester fan. I'm not 100% on it, but I think he got he took a, a really nasty slash. How was that? How was that, a gash that, that, that bad? It might have been like a, a nasty From slash. slash. And then he's got, when he's gone down... He may have taken a bit of the skate as well. Because I know he went down with one of the players. That would make sense. Thankfully, it was on his arm because that that was a horrible looking gash. It was just, ugh, looked very painful. It was just like a bad wound. Do you know Uh, what it almost looked like? It looked almost like a movie effect. Do you know because it was so clean on the picture? It almost looked like somebody had done it with makeup or something like fake blood. So, yeah, sorry, I interrupted. Manchester took MVPs. 
I'll go with, obviously, Matchin. Shakara. Jared Allen. And then I'd probably put in Cam Critchlow. Fair play. Obviously, number one would be Matchin. Andy, any advances? Well, no surprise. Uh, Matt Jim. I mean, just go look at his stats. Apart from three seasons, he's been in the 0.90 save percentage. So, yeah, incredible there. Second one, again with Gref, is Jared Olin. Again, very well this season. Yeah, 45 in 48. So he's done pretty well there. And he also got the A for Manchester. And the third one. Is Frankie Melton, a player which we thought when he signed uh, a month, month or two ago, thought, nah, it's not going to be very good, but 15 games and 14 points. Uh, it's not too, it's not too bad, is it? To be fair, not 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 too bad at all. And just think, if he does stay next season, I think he could really get as many points and as many games. I find it very interesting, but he's he's been a great signing for them and uh, one you wouldn't really. Uh, of thought would be a great signing, but just look at him go. Uh, done really, really well. This is true. This is true. Um, my three have to be surprise, surprise, Matt Jin. Um, surprise, surprise, Jared Orlin. Um, and my third, don't bite my head off for this, but in a season that has been particularly poor for Manchester. In terms of, I mean, I'm going to mean to be fair, they're pushing to actually make playoffs this year. But in a season where you've probably underachieved as far as where you'd wanted to have been in the league, didn't have a great start. You've been above and under the line as you've as you've moved along. A guy who's brought a bit of entertainment to the team. A guy who's a guy who's tailored to play in the storm shelter. Um, it's Matthew Gagnon. To be fair, and I'm not saying it for his playing ability. At all. I'm not saying it for his playing ability at all. But if there's any player that's ever been more tailored to playing in the Storm Shelter, it's Gagnon. I thought you were going to say Earhart, though. No, come on. I genuinely thought you were going to say Earhart, and I'm like, you know what, you can walk to Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise that my fate of getting to Cardiff was quite so hanging in the balance at that point. Newsflash. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying Lane Ulmer, I'm saying Lane Ulmer. There's, there's definitely no controversy in my favour. <laughs> Um, no, I just, I just think, to be fair, Gagnon's put bums on seats. He's been a bit, given him a bit of a talking point with the Davies incident. He's stuck up. To be fair, none of us can argue against the fact that he's stuck up for his goalie when he's, he's seen there be contact. Um, yes, he's landed with a couple of penalties for it. We may disagree at times because it looked like um, Jin's dived, but you can't fault a player who sticks up for his goalie in any scenario. Um, and as I say, I don't think there's any player that's ever been more tailored to play in that building. Because when that when that crowd gets going and there's a bit of rough stuff, they, they you know they become a very very difficult team to play, but provide they're not already losing. But lose points in the vote for the the Ganyan style intro at the beginning of the season. Correct. Correct. Sorry, I thought Joe was actually going to announce it as Ganyan style. No. Again. No. Just no. <laughs> um. Gents, we've got a really difficult job on now. Uh, oh, hold on. Let's see what's been said on Facebook. Uh, 
What a surprise, Jin. What a surprise, Jin. Uh, what a surprise, Jin. Is it pink, Jin, or is it blood orange? Uh, I'm going to go with raspberry. It's blackberry, actually. Um, oh, yeah. It's really blueberry, though, that one, isn't it? If, if, if we're on about a Whitley Neal. Oh, I'm going to this weekend. Whitley Neal? No, Jin the Cure. Oh, fair play. Um, pretty much everybody said Jin on Facebook. Um, Luke Whitaker said Jin or Melton, so another vote for Melton there. Um, up to you guys. I I think all, all in. So again, Jin and Jin and all in. That's that would be my suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Andy and me about have all said all in. Yeah. All in for okay. all in. Oh, oh, we're all in for all in. Oh, hey. It's a shame we've got an interview at this one, otherwise we, we just found his name for episode 61. Um, either that or a bit of Steeler loving. Um, oh, did I say that? A bit too loud. Too loud, sorry. sorry. That's, uh, another listen, that's another listener not listening to 166 minutes of our podcast. That's a shame. Terrible. Oh. The fact that I think we slate our own team more than anybody. <laughs> Do we? This is true. We've never done that once. No, never. Multiple times. <laughs> anyway. Anywho, back on track. Jin uh, Orlin are the ones that we're going to put forward. I'm, I'm guessing for the uh, for the vote. They are indeedy. Um, the last team we've got for the MVP votes. Then we've got Belfast. My three, and I'm going to make a guess that's probably going to be very similar across the board. Um, Rain. Uh, it's the first one. Uh, Smotherman, my second, and Farnham is my third. Um, I think I'd lean towards Rain if I had to pick one of them. But that's my three. What do your gents uh, say? Yeah, Kevin Rain, definitely. Uh, Bobby Farnham, that's another one. I probably. I'm torn between two players, probably like Liam Morgan or Brian Ward. Ooh. And I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Liam Morgan. It's his first pro year. Thirty eight games, twenty six points. I'll go with Liam Morgan on that one. I'm definitely gonna go with Jordan Smotherman. Hundred percent. I think the last two seasons has been a very, very big contribute to Belfast. Uh, you know, came in late last season, made a very good statement. Uh, it's pulled, now he's played 46 games this year and 36 points. So, yeah, very good. Very good for him. Uh, second one is, not be surprised by this, but Patrick Mullen. Uh, he's, he's got 20 points in 29 games. And, you know, again, I think he's done very well. He's, he's plus eight. Only 16 penalty minutes, so... Yeah, That's for a D-man as well. Yeah, it is. Very good. And uh, another one who's come uh, pretty much halfway through the seat, well, I'd probably say January, December, January time, I think it was, uh, David Goodwin. 27 points in 31 games. Plus 15. So, yeah, another good shout for, for that, I think, anyway. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go a very different... Uh, 
track to you guys. Dave going completely far away from what you said. I'm going to go Smotherman, Farnham, and uh, and Kevin Rain. I know no, I know nobody's already said them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now to be fair, I mean I've sung Smotherman's praises for, since he signed in in Belfast last year. Um, quality signing, 36 points in for 46, as you say, Andy. Top of their point scoring. Um, considerably low down in point scoring uh, to say he's the top point scorer for Belfast in 36 points in 46 games um, shows you very much that they've gone kind of down the Islanders route of, uh, of, of of coming high up in the table this year in terms of they've, they've minimised the scoring against rather than maximising the scoring for um, yeah I think Bobby Farnham he's just been a big body for him um, I mean, so those those shot blocks in that game against Guildford show the, the fact that he'll throw his body on the line for the team. 31 points in 47. You know, he's always had an impact in games. Maybe a bit of a stupid move to take that penalty against Jonathan Phillips when we played him last in Sheffield. But ultimately, a lot of good that, that Farnham does for the team. Um, and then I've just temporarily forgot who else I said. Um, Kevin Rain, again, another reliable body. Plus, I mean, plus 14 in 38 games. Uh for a D man, twelve points. You know, all reliable. I think Kevin Rain for them now. Um, another player that I think, I think we'd all happily see playing in orange. Uh, but yeah, a, a solid player for the Giants this year. Um, let's just have a look on Facebook and see who has said anything different. Um, so Craig Day said Smotherman and Farnham. Uh, Matt Munt said Farnham. John Smith said Ward. Uh, Luke Whitaker said Ben Lake. And Joe Sheehan said Belfast. Hard call between Rain and Farnham. Um, so everybody seems to be kind of on the same lines as other than uh, Luke with uh, with Ben Lake. What do we think? Interesting pick that one from Luke. Yeah. Uh, no, not criticising the, the opinion. You're more than tell to that, my friend. Um, just I, I wouldn't have gone down that route. I don't think he's had as good a season. Um, but maybe next year, you know, who knows? Um, I think so Farnham. The thing is with Lake though, as well, that you've got to you've got to think. I mean, he's their third top point scorer this year, um, thirty-four points in forty-six. But he's playing on a team with a hell of a lot of talent there. And we we, you know, I said last season I expected him to do worse in Belfast when he signed because I said he's gone from a team where there's nobody really nobody really performing other than other than him. He was the go-to guy on that team. And then all of a sudden he's on Belfast with a wide a, a wide split of people. I mean you've got Smotherman, Ward, Lake, Hamilton, Farnham, Goodwin. You know you've got a number of players that are putting up the points. To be fair, to still see him sitting in third. No, true. Maybe maybe he's think... actually doing the same as he did last year, just because of his role and the talent that he mentioned. It's just not as obvious. Whereas last year it was blatantly obvious that how well he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely true. I think he's he's almost gone back to his first season in Coventry, hasn't he? Thirty-five yeah. points in fifty-five in his first season. I think he's almost gone back to that kind of player of, you know, sturdy and consistent in points, but not pushing to top the league in points. Um, we've got to pick two again, gents. What what are we thinking? I think we have to mention Farnham in this too, because you know, especially the uh, the online. Um, input. I know at least myself and you have mentioned Farnham. I can't remember. My apologies if I have a Gref or Andy mentioned Farnham. So Gref mentioned. So just on the the amount of mentions alone, Farnham has to be one of them. Yeah, I'd agree. Farnham was also mentioned considerably. I mean, one, two, three, 
three out of five said Farnham on Facebook. And then for me, it is, and it's not because I've picked them, I think it's a toss-up between either Rain or Smotherman. I know we've had honourable mentions, but I think they're the other two that's been consistently mentioned. And for me, you toss a coin and go with that one. I'd probably go Rain. I'd go Kevin Rain as well. Did you mention Rain as well? Yeah. So, we've had three. Andy, what did you mention? I should remember, shouldn't I? Uh, I mentioned Mullen. Mullen, Goodwin, and some other men. Okay. Um, Joe, Joe, remind me, the, the online, was there any mentions for Rain or Smotherman? Uh, Smotherman got one. Smotherman got one, and Rain got one, I think. Yeah. So, you, so, in essence, you can cancel, not ignoring, just for the purpose of numbers, cancel the, they cancel each other out. On the basis of the mention, you probably would go Rain. See, I'm torn. I, uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, you could say either, to be fair. I could, I could could even, it, at this point, it's a shame that you can't have more than two options on a poll on Twitter or Facebook. Is one of the two that you, like, you, you're, you're tired to having, to, uh, to having two, because I think you could easily put them both on there. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that splits them apart. I mean, Reigns plus minus is considerably higher. Um it's up to you, gents. What 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 are we wanted to do? Has anybody got a compelling argument for one or the other? Mine's just the, the amount of mentions on this this um, on the on, on the podcast. The panel, yeah. yeah, that's the only way I can split them because, like you, you know, it's a it's a fag paper that that separates them. It's how, it's how you know how fine the margin is, and I, I just go down that line of as we've done with the others mentions uh, gets the votes and. Kevin Rain for me on that basis gets it. Andy, I mean you're you're the guy that didn't say Kevin Rain on that, so it's it's, it's up to you, mate. You happy to go with Rain? Have you got you got any arguments for Smotherman over Rain? It's up to you. Um, it's hard to call for me. I think they're both equally as you know as as, as good as each other, but in different positions. So I think that's the most difficult yeah. bit, isn't it? We're, we're basically t- we. We're, t- we're tossing up between a D-man and a forward and it's difficult because yeah. you can't just compare the stats, stats straight up. I'll, I'll go majority, whatever you guys think. Yeah. Greff, what, what are we thinking? You have, as, as Dave says, going solely off the premise that three of three out of four of us have said rain and it was only... Us two mentioned us Smotherman. Two. Oh, no, Andy mentioned Smotherman. Yeah, I didn't mention Smotherman. Then that's a bit of a curveball. That is a curveball. I've just suddenly realised that the three of us said Smotherman. We need a way of separating it, guys. We need a way of separating it. Eeny, meeny, miny. No. <laughs> I, I'm. I think we have to think about this one. I think we're gonna have to to confirm that later on. I think we have to think about that one. I think we have to get his thinking caps on and come up with something. Cause it's I, too I, late. We're thinking caps. It's not, mate. It's, 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 no, it's, you realise we're not even 20, normally logged on at this point. 25 past 10, normally <laughs> we're all getting our uh, brews ready and all that. We're you know, nearly halfway through the podcast, so it's not too late, mate. Um, <laughs> you know what the daft thing is? You can't even split this down to penalty minutes. Are you kidding me? I mean, literally, like, Jordan Smotherman, 13, Kevin Rain, 18. Like, you can't even split it down in terms of discipline. That's... What about plus minus or points per game? 
So plus minus, we've got four, plus 14 for Kevin Rain, and we've got plus zero. So we've got we've got an even split for Jordan Smotherman. But one's a forward, one's a D-man. But to be fair, at the same time, if anything, I'd be I'd be expecting to see a D-man with a lower plus minus than the forward. forward That's the one thing I'll throw in with Rain. Actually, is he's got less points but a higher plus minus. So generally speaking, he's been on the ice for for less goals than Smotherman had. Sorry, less goals against. I'd be leaning towards Rain just on that front. Just, I mean, a higher plus minus with less points. Just, you know, yeah. as I say, generally speaking, if I'm looking at plus minus, I, that's the kind of stat that I look at for a D-man. I don't, you know, I'd expect a forward possibly to have more of the plus minus because he's putting up the points more. Yeah, I'd go with that. That's a fair way to separate it. What do we think, gents? Happy? Are we happy to go with Rain on that premise? I, I can't. I can't honestly think. Looking at anything else, I don't think points per game. I mean, to be actually, to be fair, Reigns played less games, but only eight. He's played eight less games. He's got twenty-four less points, which the points per game is going to go Smotherman by a, by a, a long shot. Um, they're both roughly even split goals to assists. <laughs> Honestly, there's nothing splitting these other than plus minus. So yeah, decision time, gents. Time for the crunch. What we do? What we're going with? Rain. Rain. Rain's going rain. Grass going rain. Andy. Uh, go for it. Go for rain. Go for rain. Um, so we've got Bobby Farnham and uh, Kevin Rain. With significant honourable mention to some of them. Yeah, literally. If it was, if it weren't for the fact that Twitter limited you to two options, we would be going all three. I think on that one. Yeah. So. But yeah, so we'll go with those two, um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll put the polls out again. I'll try and remember to put those out. Um, I'll actually be with Dave and Andy, so you guys can remind me. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> A significant alcoholic influence behind the whole weekend. Um, <laughs> this is going to go well. Um, unless anything, anybody's got anything else to add on on MVPs. I mean, that brings that part to a close. Uh, the next thing that I've got on my agenda is the interview. Um, my apologies because usually I've put a pic- blurred picture on to get everybody to guess who the interview's for honest answer is I've been mega busy at work having the day off tomorrow so um, I've not had a chance to do it today uh, but we do have an interview for you Dave tell us a bit about the interview you were the yeah. guy that, uh, that sat there with the mic it was the fourth interview uh, that we did from the Olympic qualifiers um, and a voice that is well known now within British hockey circles and um, for me did one of the most famous piece of hockey commentary by just saying one word farmer 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 of course it is uh, the voice of free sports and premier sports aaron murphy um gave up his time on the saturday of the olympic qualifiers just before well, not before a couple hours before um gb face off against estonia as ever a great interview and, and there's someone that you Everyone complains about his style and his mannerisms and the stuff he says, and everyone gets bored. And it's all same on Aaron. But unless you listen to him and listen to what how, how he talks about the game, never mind what he says. Here's a guy who's passionate about sport. One of probably the most passionate men I've ever met in terms of speaking about hockey. Uh, and it's a great interviewer. Really is good. And I think 
there's some stuff in this interview that is eye-opening in in terms of some questions asked by other people about um, coverage from three sport of different leagues. We go into a bit of detail on this one, and it's it's, it's an eye-opener and a great interview. Um, and I hope everyone who listens to this interview enjoys it as much as I enjoy putting it together. Um, Aaron certainly uh, didn't disappoint in the content department. Fair play. Now, a, a big thank you to Aaron again. Our first recurring guest. This is his second interview with, uh, with, with my fancy Zamboni. Uh, so a big thanks to him for that as well. Uh, I have to say, though, I also think equally the, um, the commentary from Slovakia is, is getting equally as iconic now, solely because I hear it all the time on adverts on free sports and premier sports when I'm watching the NHL. Um, you say that like it's a bad thing. I think I can speak for Grefweiner saying it's not a bad thing. Mate, the, uh, the hair, the hair on the back of my neck still stands up when I hear just the Davies were going to Switzerland. I think that's just. Yours does. <laughs> Do you know what the thing was? Though? Do you know when I watched that game? I just finished work. I just got in the car and I sat there, put free sports on, just as Jonathan Phillips, or just in that face-off in our zone, as Jonathan Phillips sprinted up the left wing, and that was just as I managed to get the game on. So I literally got it on for the game-winning goal. And oh. that was the first thing I heard was just Murphy going, Davies, Davies, we're going to Switzerland. And that was it. And I was like, oh, my God. That half an hour, everything oh. was just a blur. Uh, even try, I remember, I remember trying to, you were trying to ring me. And it's just like, yeah, it just all, it wasn't because of alcohol. It was just the whole emotion of the whole moment, everything. Blur. No, that was until afterwards because you, you couldn't drink in the seats in Slovakia. You're not allowed to um, drink alcohol in in actual watching hockey in Slovakia. So, and it was it weren't that good alcohol in the rink, was it, Graf? No, it wasn't. So, not, not like Budapest. Now, had it been Budapest, I'd have been agreeing with you, Joe. Why did you go to Budapest? Allegedly so. You didn't mention it once, mate. I kept it on the down low, mate. <laughs> anyway, we're spiralling off topic here, gents. So I'm going to throw it over to the interview with uh, with Aaron Murphy. And we are joined uh, on the podcast interview again with the uh, the voice of free sports coverage of the Elite League, Team GB, the CHL. Aaron Murphy, thanks for giving me time. Uh, no problem, David. Thanks for having me on. I mean, we'll obviously talk the domestic uh, and the GB games, but we'll start with Tuesday's CHL final uh, that you and Paul Eddie covered, Mountfield Fulunda, and what I thought was a bit of a masterclass from Fulunda on uh, getting the game and controlling it to the very end. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll go down as a classic, but it goes down as a classic tactically if you like defensive hockey and if you know what it takes to win championships, whatever the, the league, whatever the level. And for London, go down one nothing on a power play goal. Mountfield feeling pretty good, got the home crowd behind them, but what was it, three goals in two and a half minutes and then just like a like a boa constrictor wrap itself around the prey and choke off the game. And I mean, you watched for London in this competition the last few years. They really are the kings of Europe. I mean, I think that's 11 major trophies for Joel Lundqvist. This is a guy that is just one of the, the most decorated uh, warriors in, in European hockey. Um, so it was a master class in tactics, defensive play. Johan Matson was good in the net. And no matter what Malfield tried, they just couldn't come forward. And uh, like I said, maybe not a classic because everyone wants to see a 6-5 offensive yeah. thriller, but a defensive master class. And I have to say, it, it's also really neat that both of those teams were in the group with Cardiff. And Cardiff, actually, if you think back to August 30th, I believe it was, Cardiff beat Mountfield. So what a journey. So, yeah, a magnificent final, and, you know, it'll be back on Free Sports next year, and hopefully uh, uh, an Elite League team has a good run. Hopefully. I mean, we'll we'll finish up the overall CHL campaign. I mean, 
I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been good again, and it's teams that you don't expect to do well have done well. What, what have you, your thoughts on when you've been covering the THL? Yeah, well, you go back to August 30th and Mountfield lose to Cardiff, and you go, oh, we're going to hear the excuses that we heard against Nottingham a few years ago because remember Nottingham beat Mountfield home and away, and they said, oh, we don't even want to be in the competition. So yeah, you're going, oh, there's no chance this team is, is, is even with it. But you see, they grew. They they changed like 30% of their team over the Christmas and New Year's period, and the players they brought in really excelled. So maybe a little bit of change of the fabric there. But some of the teams that went far, I mean, it, I think it's always fun to see the likes of Jurgarden and those teams. But you look at uh, the group stage, I mean, both Belfast and Cardiff handled themselves very well. I mean, Cardiff were in with a chance to advance right up until the last game day, and that's all you can ask from an EIHL team with a smaller budget, a smaller roster. So, yeah, I mean, from, from my perspective, it was really great. And, and how great is it that we had 12 extra EIHL games, essentially, between Cardiff and Belfast being in the CHL? Uh, yeah, magnificent tournament, but for me, doing the SHL as well, I didn't think ever that Mountfield would beat for London. So probably the, the right result in that, the best team won. I mean, we, we, we kind of, I just had a nagging feeling that Mountfield would do it. It's just kind of the, it's how many times for London come from behind, they just can't do it again, but they just showed everyone that they do when they can. And they came down from three goals in, in the round of 16 or yeah. whatever there and, and one by four or something. So this is a team that can just score. They scored three goals in the final in the last two and a half minutes of the first period and that was it. Yeah, so you mentioned Cardiff and Belfast and for the domestic season, um, you've, you've covered um, a number of games. It's, it's been a, an exciting one from an elite league perspective and, and it's not just been a two-horse race. We've got a fair few riders so far. Oh, look, all of those teams in the top four think they can win and rightfully so they're all within striking t- distance teams have games in hand Thinks people think the Steelers might slip up I mean they hear the Steelers thinking we'll bring in another import goalie because they're thinking if Duba gets hurt or hits a bad patch we will be in trouble with those games in hand looming for the for the chasing pack um, but then you look at Guildford down the table they've got games in hand I mean I know they lost to Coventry last night but there's teams even farther down. I mean, they don't probably think they can win the Elite League, but they think they can get up into the top four or top three. So, I mean, down the stretch, I think it's going to be really exciting. I think all the four teams, uh, one through four, think they can win. Uh, in my opinion, from what I've seen, uh, Sheffield are the most offensively gifted and probably the most fun to watch. Uh, but Cardiff can shut things down. Belfast can shut things down. Nottingham can seem to play. They can play two different ways. Um, I wouldn't want to have to make a... A prediction, but certainly if your chef feels sitting there, you can't be worried about the games in hand because games in hand are only as good as what the teams do with them. And you know what? We've seen Cardiff drop games to teams that you didn't think they would drop games to, and we've seen Belfast as well. Um, it's going to be a fun race down the stretch, no doubt. That, the, the title race, like I say, will be exciting, but also the playoff to actually make the final eight is going to be exciting. And you, I don't, I don't know about you, I, I can't call who's going to miss out because you see, you, you think, oh, them two teams are miss out, and then they'll win games. And it's, it's back and forth, and that, that will be as exciting as the title race. One hundred percent. I think uh, seven and eight will probably be just as exciting as you said. And then, you know, you feel for Fife because I don't think anyone expected Fife to be in tenth position. Uh, they've had a rough season, but Omar Pasha has got Dundee going on some nights with big wins. I mean, you feel for Glasgow, but they just brought in another D-man, so they've had some injury woes, and that's what it's about in the Elite League, isn't it? It's about the ability to cover when imports are hurt or your best players hurt. Uh, so that that chase for the uh, seventh and eighth position will be really, really interesting. And you know what? You feel for Zach Fitzgerald, first-year head coach. He's had an up-and-down season. They were in first at one point, so you know maybe they can have another one of those periods where this, this other defenseman comes in and they, they get on a roll. So anything can happen, and, and it's a good point by you. I think the, the race for the final couple of playoffs must be just as interesting. So, so let's talk a bit about um, kind of free sports and premier sports' relations with Team GB and how did that really start? 
Well, I mean, because you know the, the rights are brokered through the, the top pool is brokered through the same people that do like the, cha the Champions Hockey League, for example. We have a relationship with those people. We have a real good relationship with those people. Um, and then you say, well, we're going to have the top pool. I mean, this goes back seven, eight, nine years, whatever. Then you go, well, we want we want to have a relationship with the GB level as well. And back then it was Division One B, which isn't as glitzy and glamorous as the top pool. But my boss has said to me, like, this is something we need, isn't it? I said, absolutely. Um, it needs to be on television because I also said, look, there's kids coming up. There's there's every possibility. We went to silver met our gold medal games and won silver a couple, remember, yeah. at 1B level. So we got involved. Um, certainly having Paul Aidy on board as a former GB player, he would talk to my boss and say, well, of course. Like There was halcyon days when we played in the top pool or near the top pool and we medaled. So those days are coming again. So the relationship there is that we, we wanted to be a part of something that we thought would be special and also give back to the, the hockey community. You're watching Canada versus Russia in May, but maybe in April you'd like to see Great Britain versus Estonia, and then it culminates in that tournament in Belfast where you finally get that big the gold medal, and, and as the rest of they say is history. But we've been on board for a long time. We've done the women's, we've done the under-20s, we've done the under-18s, we just did the under-20s. And I... I I'm not saying it's me, but I keep advocating because I know that people enjoy it. I certainly enjoy doing it. Paul enjoys doing it. And having Chris Ellis, who's part of our EIHL broadcast team, on the inner sanctum of Ice Hockey UK and, and being part of the GB setup, we all work together. And I just said to you off microphone, isn't it incredible when we all work together what can be accomplished? And I think that's that's where we're Mass at. Massively. You, you touched on the, the doing the under 20s, 18s, women's. How do you see, from a from three sports perspective, how the relationship will develop in future years? Oh, look, is 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 all. I mean, I think that we have a long-term deal with the top pool, um, so you know, GB will have a tough, tough time maybe staying up in Lausanne. In Lausanne, maybe people think that the clock will strike midnight there on the Cinderella story, but but no, like they've got into these tournaments as underdogs all the time, so there's every reason to believe they can get a result. I mean, you look, we've got new guys coming into the fold this week: Conway, Connolly, uh, Travis Earhart. You can bring 25 to the top pool, so hopefully they'll stay up. So the relationship will be, wherever GB is, we, we will be, uh, and we will have the top pool regardless. Uh, as far as the women's and the under 20s, we want to keep doing that. It, all, it has to make sense from a scheduling point of view, from a budgetary st standpoint. And, you know, we've got to try and make sure the Elite League continues as well. There's a lot of boxes that need to be ticked. Um, but as far as I'm concerned and what I can... Forecast. I think the the relationship, knock on wood, will continue to grow and be a good one. Uh, and um, so last year you you covered um, the world in Kajitsa. Um What was that like doing the world, the, the very top port of the world champion? What was it like as a broadcaster? Yeah, I mean that was pretty incredible. I, I've been lucky. I've been to four Olympics now. I'm, I'm going to my fifth this summer. So those are pretty pretty incredible. Obviously, not to be Captain Obvious, but those that's the height of your career. I've been to three Stanley Cups as a broadcaster. I've been to All Star Games, um, NHL Outdoor Winter Classics in Toronto and Boston, places like that. And those are massive events, and the hockey world is watching. But I think one of my favorite moments all time was last year looking up at the scoreboard when they had the you know the nice graphics on the scoreboard two hours before puck drop, and you've got the GB flag next to the Canada flag, and you. The hairs on your neck stand up because you remember the Division 1B games in Zagreb where things didn't maybe go to plan. And so we were there when it wasn't going the way you would have liked it to do. And, you know, I was in Budapest when they got relegated from 1A, and you remember going, oh my God, this is really tough to face. But to look up and see Canada 
versus GB Flags and know that you're going to get to do that game. Uh, I mean, it was here on your neck, and, and Paul and I both kind of looked at each other and said, this is, this is unbelievable. We remember this for a long time. You fully mentioned that. The first question is, how was that doing the GB versus Canada game? It's kind of, from a GB perspective, there's no bigger nation to play against in, in the world of hockey. And how, how was it getting that call? Yeah, I mean, I, let's be honest, and it's no disrespect. We knew what the outcome would possibly be. You wanted GB to play well. You wanted to see Ben Bounds do what Ben Bounds does in those big games, maybe stop... Uh, you know, a shot from an NHL superstar, and he stopped playing. I mean, he set a record for most stops in the in the round robin. But that and the USA game were incredible because, he, I mean, you think back to the breakaway stop he made on Jack Hughes, who went on to be the number one pick. I mean, these were incredible. He stopped Patrick Kane. I mean, you're, you're thinking these are guys that maybe Ben Bounds grew up watching on television. So here he is making saves and seeing the GB boys battle, you know, Matthew Myers digging in for faceoffs against some of these guys. The Canada GB game was special. Obviously, I grew up in Canada. But when I do a game, I'm always impartial. But let, like again, let's be honest, we knew Canada would win that game. So you wanted it to be good, you wanted it to be close, you wanted it to be there some good moments. Um, I thought it was a really, it was a really neat experience. It would have been nice if they had a couple of goals like they did against the Americans and and whatnot. But look, I mean, yeah, play Canada. That's that's the number one team in the world uh, on many uh, rankings polls, right? So I mean, it was it was a blast. Uh, so. So free sports we've really become the established channel for hockey in the UK. Um, and you mentioned the, the, the SHL, the show the, the KHL. Do you reckon in the near future there could be other leagues that adds to the portfolio um, of the hockey coverage? I mean, there's always things being looked at. And uh, I mean, if you're thinking like maybe the DEL, stuff like that, the, the big problem is the scheduling. Is like, where do you put all these things, right? They, a lot of the leagues play on the same night. You don't want to interfere with the EIHL broadcast EHL highlight show rates very well so you don't want to take that slot away so the thing is about the KHL it really works because they sometimes play at like 4.30 so it doesn't interfere with your evening slot the SHL we always know it's at 6 the DEL fluctuates a little bit I mean I'd love to do the DEL I'm a big fan and, and between us here now I can tell you that a few years ago there was almost a deal across the line and the DEL kind of nothing not that they made a mess of it they wanted they came back with something that was just unworkable but we, we were we were going for it so there's always a possibility and, and again if we work together it doesn't matter what the league is and great things can can happen and the SHL does very well there's a lot of Swedish uh, nationals in the UK we know there's a lot of uh, Russian interest there's a lot of Latvians people seem to enjoy watching Dinamo Riga even though they've had another tough season so those things work and wherever we can fit in more and the economics are think about it it's still a business right we can we can go and buy a lot of things but if it's not working we'll be out of business so yeah I mean there's always a possibility I always keep bugging my bosses they're, they're driven to distraction with me coming up with ideas and stuff um, so look the marketing people get it my boss gets it so I think that if if there's a possibility and it works there's always room for more hockey in my opinion Okay, and the final question, I appreciate you being busy um, getting prepared for tonight's call against Estonia. Obviously, GB won against Romania on Thursday. Will GB do the job this weekend and get through to the next round? I honestly think, and again, it's no disrespect to Estonia, I, I knew that there was no way they'd lose to Romania. From what I saw the other night from the Estonians against Hungary, there's a lot of under-20 guys here that I remember from doing GB under-20s and other tournaments. I think that Estonia, with all due respect to their head coach, Tupamaki, I think he wants to see what they have for the for the World Championships. I don't think he thinks they can qualify out of this group, so he's bringing a lot of under-20s to see if they can play against men. And so I don't see how GB loses that game, unless they go to the box seven, eight, nine times. And that can always happen. We know with European officiating, and sometimes that can be a problem, although there's 
Canadian referee tonight, I believe, for, for GB. That's by the by. I think they win tonight, and it sets up that showdown. And it's, uh, it's got the feel for me of the World Championships last year where we all thought this comes down to the game against France and winner stays up. I think this comes down to the, the Sunday game against Hungary and, and winner goes on to August with a chance to go to Beijing. So, will they do it? Uh, you and I just set off microphone there. Hopefully, maybe not as close as the game in Budapest a few years ago for the blood pressure, but certainly it was exciting and it's still, that's a highlight for me as well, the farmer goal. Um, but it'll come down to that. And you know what? The, the Hungarians are going to want to do to GB what GB did to them in Budapest, which is spoil the party. So, it's going to be tight. Now, if you're going to stay out of the box this weekend in these three games, that's the one to stay out of the box if you're, if you're GB. So I honestly think it'll come down to that. It's no disrespect to Estonia, but I think GB and uh, Hungary will both be 2-0 going into Sunday. Uh, well, well, thank you very much for the, the time and your words, and hopefully the listeners will enjoy the interview. Thanks so much, David. I appreciate it, buddy. So bringing it back in after the Aaron Murphy interview, um, and to be honest with you, gents, bringing it back in around about the time that we'd usually start recording. So <laughs> quite nice to be on the latter, latter half of the, uh, of the of the podcast at this point. Um, but a big thank you to Aaron for giving up his time, as we've already said. Um, always very candid speaker, always uh, nice and open with uh, with what he's got to say and always gives some good content. So a big thank you to him for that. Um, the next item that I've got on the agenda, gents, is these, the long-awaited, sorry, Gref, not maybe not for you, the long-awaited cup final. Um, the one that Dave and I stood in a queue for at 10 o'clock when the tickets didn't go on sale until 1. Um, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Um, oh, we had a good laugh in that queue. We did, yeah. It was good fun. Well, I, well, well Andy just uh, fobbed us off and said, get mine too. <laughs> yeah, apologise for that. I'm sure it's fine. No, in fairness, you can, you can apologise by way of, of alcohol on the weekend. And I'm down for that. As an apology. Yeah, except pints. <laughs> I never said singular. Do you know what I think we need to do? We, you know, we need to end up in a Wetherspoons. We can we can post what table we're on in Wetherspoons on the MFZ Twitter account, and then if see, people want if words. people want to buy us shots, they can buy us shots. It's oh, wow. a good idea, that isn't it? Keep an eye out on the MFZ Twitter and Facebook where we'll be publicising what table and which Wetherspoons we will be in over the weekend. So we're gonna get pots of beans and peas, aren't we? Oh yeah, and we're built for autographs as well. So we know what Gref's going to be ordering. <laughs> Gref, what's what are you going to be ordering? Obviously shots. Obviously shots. Shots of what? Beans. <laughs> or peas. Or maybe both. Beans and peas. What about curry sauce? No, just neither. Oh, mate, shots of curry sauce. That sounds <laughs> grim. <laughs> So Grim is this conversation about food, and I like food, so this is Grim. <laughs> Hold on. All right, now I'm just sidestepping that one. Um, cup final, gents. <laughs> oh, yes. But that exciting oh, that time here where we're up more, up more interested about talking about beans, curry sauce, and peas. Well, I'm down for that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very much longer waited. Um and I'll try and say this in the third person so not to be accused of bias, but for Sheffield, it's the opportunity of ending 17 years of hurt since they last won the Challenge Cup. Uh, for Cardiff, uh, they went in the final last year in their own barn. Um, they've not won it for three years. In fact, I actually remember it was the last time they played Sheffield in the final um, since last time they won the, the Challenge Cup. Um, that was so, correct when Everton up to ours and down that bottle of Di Serrano. It was, yeah. 
yeah, then went bright red. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, um, so a lot, a lot to play for. Um, and it's a bizarre one where the week of the cup final, where the cup final isn't the most important game. A lot to play for. <laughs> the standard of a cup final. <laughs> as, 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 as someone who grew up, what, to as, as someone who grew up uh, with the build-up of FA Cup final from 9am till kickoff, and Gref probably would be the same ill. There's a lot of puns and lines that can be used that will be nicked from said um, upbringings. So um, just enjoy, Joe. Um, but no. <laughs> Both teams want this cup. The fourth cup, the fourth chance cup, it's a new design. Um, they really have got funky with this one. I'm not sure I'm, I'm a fan of it. Um, Where is it? It's on the Elite League Twitter account. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll tweet it on the, the MSN podcast uh, social media links after the recording. Um, but yeah, it's... it's Sold out. Sheffield are taking 1,500. Six coast loads, which fair play to the supports club in Sheffield for getting that sort of bringing that many coach loads down. Fair play to the Devils in selling their um, allocation of tickets through the different guises and methods that both sets of teams have done. It's going to be a great occasion and one I am absolutely looking forward to being a part of. It's it's exciting. A cup final is always exciting. Um, British sport fans, you think cup final, you think FA Cup, you think Challenge Cup Rugby League, um, you think them type of cup final or cricket, you know, the day trip to Lords. This has that feel of it. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're lucky, me, you, Joe and Andy are lucky to have tickets for it and, you know, 3,000 and 97, 97 others have got lucky to have tickets for it. It's going to be a great occasion. I'm looking forward to being part of it. And a lot to play for. A lot to play for, you know, piece of silver. First piece of the season. Uh, there's some gold on it as well. Yeah, no, I think that's just paper. To be fair, I think they've missed half the trophy. They appear to have they appear to have run out of the budgeting for the whole trophy, so they've just cut a few got a few gaps in it. Do you know what it's like? I bet that's like a pair of jeans where you pay more for a pair of jeans with rips in it than you pay for a pair of jeans that are just in one piece. I don't get that trend by the way. No, neither do I. But that's well, that's. Just get a Stanley knife and put a few rips in that. Why? Why spent some serious man man time ripping holes with that Stanley knife, mate? They need paying. That's the reason you pay more for those jeans. It's the labour. Oh, it's the labour that comes with a man with a box cutter. As the Tesco, Sainsbury's, you know, supermarket pair of jeans. Get your Stanley knife. They're just as good as your sixty, seventy quid pair of jeans. You paid a quarter of the cost. Crazy. Anything I paid twenty five pound for mine. I was going to mention that you do have a pair of these um, aforementioned jeans, Graf. I do. But I only paid £25 and paid £70. Okay. I mean, that's still like £15 too much for a pair of jeans with the rips in it. No, do you know what I do when my jeans get a rip in it? I throw them away and buy another pair. As the Me too, normal. You what? Me too, normal. Although I paid for my jeans normally about like £10-£11 from Primark. Ah, mate, ASOS all the way, ASOS. Other brands of shops are available to the uh, listeners. Not we do not, we do not like Joe Bias towards the shops that we go to. Um, ah, so. BHS. Oh wait, hang on. So there's a tweet going out. An apology tweet. Andy's definitely making a hypothetical apology to any previous BHS workers at this I'm moment. I'm sorry if I have offended any previous BHS, wor- BHS workers. Stop! 
Stop there. Can I just say, if anything, a hypothetical apology coming from Andy this episode, I did not expect to be about to be about VHS. <laughs> oh, uh, I think that's why we're going to bring about jeans, but you know. Fair point, well made. To be fair, I, I, I intended to make a bit of an off-the-shoulder throwaway comment, and all of a sudden we've we've started discussing fashion design. So, um, you know, I think we need to open his own fashion company. Right, guys, let's get back onto the cup final. I swear to God, like, oh, we have to. <laughs> we have to. What jeans will you be wearing at the final, Andy? Oh, um, um, I, I think these are MS jeans. Look at you, M and S jeans. Yeah. These are not just any jeans. These are M and S jeans. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we can't mention CK Max jeans. I mean, I think no. Dom would have a. <laughs> I, I think. Can we to... can we end this endless run of making Ben swear at his radio? <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm happy with this to continue. All, all, we need, all we need now is Brendan Connolly wearing a pair of TK Maxx jeans, and that's it. <laughs> In Vancouver. Uh, so, so, cup final. Cup final, yeah. Ah. Um, yeah, cup final. Can't wait. Really can't wait. All to play for. All to play for. Yeah. Does anybody else want to throw anything in the cup final other than Dave just saying he's excited and there's a lot to play for? It is also live on Premier Sports. Uh, you have to subscribe. Or, if you're in Sheffield, there are fire pits. It has a couple of venues in town that you can go meet other Sheffield fans and watch the final. I believe there's a venue in Cardiff doing exactly the same. I don't know the name of that venue off the top of my head, but I know that they're, they're doing the same thing. So... Yeah, if, you, if you're not lucky enough to get a ticket, find some of the places and uh, meet a fellow hockey fan and watch a beer and, hope, and cheer your team to victory. And if it's if you're a Sheffield fan, we hope you're the one who are cheering afterwards. Apologies if that may sound biased. If, you, um, if you're not sure how to subscribe to Premier Sports, there are six million posts on the Steelers Orange Army page about how to subscribe to Premier Sports. Are there a similar number in the, the Elite League Banter page, if obviously for the Cardiff fans? We don't, Quite. Want, to we don't well, want to be showing yeah, bias on this one. I can only presume that the Cardiff Devils have got some kind of Red Army page. And um, so they, 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 they presumably also have similar posts. Other Facebook groups are available. Um, I'll have a competition, uh, if you wanted to. If, if the first person to... Uh, Say hi on my messenger. We'll be able to access my account, and I will give them my details for one hour only. That took a very shady it word. Did, 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 did. A bit more shady than I thought it would sound. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just there, like that sounded better in my head. <laughs> it did, yeah, much better. <laughs> Ignore that. So Andy Greff, Cup final. <laughs> I mean, I won't be actually watching it. I don't what? have Premier, I don't have Premier Sports, and sorry, Andy, I don't want your account either. Oh. In Manchester, it's a obviously wrong sport, I know, but it's the Manchester derby, so I'll be watching that. Well, Manchester have a game during the. Who is it that's playing on Sunday? I thought there were a couple of teams. <laughs> There is. Dundee. Oh, yeah. The Manchester Derby, where I've actually consumed a bottle of Blue Moon. Yeah, I noticed. Completely unintentional. 
brilliant. So Gref's not going to be watching. That's about as much as we're getting from him. Andy, excited? I really can't wait for it. Uh, just the whole weekend in general, I think you couldn't really tell any better with the, the league game on Friday. I was going to Six Nations on Saturday and then the cup final on Sunday. So what a weekend of sport that's going to be for for both Welsh and English fans. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Great, great stuff. And uh, yeah, hopefully, obviously, without sounding too biased, uh, poised if I am, but obviously hoping for Steelers win. The first time in like there was a 17 years, a long time ago, 2003, when we won it. That was uh, just before the, the Elite League came. So yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully seeing them win it. Mark uh, Van Yell was the last Steelers captain to lift the Challenge Cup. Was, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's anyone's game. The weather wants it the most. You know, yeah, just really looking forward to it. If we're going to see some good hockey, good end to end hockey, and uh, yeah, it'd be really, really fun. Sounds good. I, you guys have touched on it as much as we can say, really, at this point. A lot of nerves surrounding the game, a lot of excitement surrounding the game. Um, 1,500 Steelers fans, six coach loads. Going to be a good atmosphere. Should be a good atmosphere on both sides. Um, yeah, very, very much excited for it. Andy, as you say, a great weekend of sport coming up for us. Um, and yeah, it's quite nice how everything's fell together for that weekend, I think. Um, we were already previously talking about going to, going to Cardiff on the Friday, and then the Cup final being then as well, and then the Six Nations game. It's all just quite nice and convenient. Um, I'm not going to ask you guys who we think is going to win. We'll save that for predictions. What I will ask is whether you think it's going to be regulation, overtime, or shootout. Favourite thing? Overtime. Oh. I've had it playing in my head for some bizarre reason. Overtime winner for 18. I'll say I'll have to save that for the predictions, but I just have this vision. Overtime winner. I'd go overtime as well. After regulation in the last in the last three minutes. By a goal then. Yeah, yeah. And I say regulation by two goals, empty net goal for the last one. So it should be interesting. Um anything else to add on the cup final, preferably about the cup final and not about random genes. If anybody wants to meet up and have a beer with us before the game. Um, well, you'll you'll find us. We will and, be have, in a bar. Yeah, I think we're in the one near a hotel. I think Weatherspoon's in Cardiff Bay. Um, so find us, have a chat with us, have a beer we with us. We should have had some my fancy Zamboni t-shirts made so people could find us. In fairness, six foot odd, wearing orange, we may stand out in Cardiff. Just a bit. You won't, because you're not six foot odd. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> orange shirt and then. <laughs> BHF shirts as well. I, I That's Friday, F- BHS on Friday, yes. Yeah, BHF on Friday, yes. If you see three guys walking around in British Heart Foundation shirts, come and say hello. Yeah, let's have a, let's have a beer, let's have a chill, let's have a laugh. Beer. It's, it's, what, it's what the weekend's about. It's about just having a damn good laugh and watching a bit of hockey. And winning some silverware for a team. <laughs> um, other than the cup final, I mean, there's there's been some... Some further controversy, you may say, um, spouting out of the Friday game. Uh, Cardiff Devils have just made sure that we continue to discuss the uh, 
It's long discussed already, Drumgate. So we're now on to Drumgate Park Catron. Um, sorry, my friend. French accent is not up to par. Um, what what do we make of this, gents? Cardiff have said, uh, they, and they have actually specifically said in the press release, following Sheffield's decision to ban away drums, we've made the same decision, and Sheffield will not be allowed to bring up drums to the game on Friday. It hasn't impacted Cardiff fans. Todd Kelman stopped being a troll. The end. I, I think he's having a bit of fun with this. Um, He's on the wind-up. Um, and it just plays into some of the holier-than-thou attitudes some of their fan base has had, uh, as, as social media dictates. But, yeah. Just go for a kip under the bridge, mate. That's all you'd be doing. It's And then the worst thing is, I can't remember a game that I've watched or I've been to. And I spoke to a couple of Cardiff fans today after they've been put out. I don't recall us taking the drums for games. I think we're only taking drums for the cup final because it's a cup final. So it's like, oh, okay. We'll sing louder. Yeah. You're lost now, Cardiff. More hands for beer. That was always going to be the case. <laughs> well, for us. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, though, now we're going to be trekked to 60 minutes of the, the sole chant of Ale Ale Ale. Is that, well, is, that, is that us that's going to be singing it? I think we may get drowned out by Block 13, mate. Well, that we are block 13 on the Sunday. On the Sunday, not, not on the Friday. Fair point, well made. We're block 14 on Friday. Do you know what, if I can come away from the rink by Sunday where the barmaid just says to me, dart fruit, when I walk up to the bar, just like at All Stars, I'll be a happy man. Megan will. <laughs> I guarantee now, Megan will. Well, in fairness, the bar staff at the um, Viola Arena are some of the best rink staff yeah, you'll ever meet at a bar. They are absolutely, absolutely stellar people. Um, nah, I'm so more yeah. of a dark fruit man myself. I, well, I'm on about them, not you, mate. That's why I said stellar, not oh, average. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, Thanks for that. Always, mate. Always there for motivational prep talks. But no, they're great staff, so they'll remember what you're drinking. <laughs> Only because you'll drink that much that you'll be able, that'll help them remember. <laughs> Which you're more than entitled to because you're, you're off uh, tomorrow, Monday. I am, yeah, Gref. Andy, you're off, bro. You're off tomorrow, Monday, aren't you? I am. I am, yeah. amazingly. Gref, you off tomorrow, Monday. No, but I want Crystal May <laughs> back. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Straight on stage. <laughs> Wait, you break yeah. Crystal May. It was just a gap off. No. Brilliant. I, I suspect he was trying to come up with some clever way of fitting the crystal maze in and then just eventually went, no, crystal maze. Um, you stop the fans, please. And once again, getting back on track. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what do we make to this new move from uh, from Cardiff? Much ado about nothing. I'm not asking you. You've already put your two pen in. Let, let, let other people speak. I'm just, I'm a bit peed off with how they've gone about it I'm not going to lie because it's got nothing to do with him it's an absolute bugger all to do with because they've not been impacted they've not played us since the ban I'm just kind of bored with it all it's, it's on par with as bad as the cone jokes it's just overplayed it's not it was funny the first time someone mentioned it and now it's just like oh that again oh you're playing that card again oh another team is jumping on it Oh, another team jumping on it. I'm just kind of hoping we don't jump on it at the end of the season. Because that's just going to... I'm 
literally be facepalming. It would just be really, have you really just posted that? I'll put I'll money on you. Texting the person <laughs> saying, really? I'll put money on that you guys will. Boring. Caught with something new. They've done, they've done it just to get a reaction out of us. And that's the reason why, why I haven't have done it. But you know what? Let them do it. I mean, who really cares? Because we'll just sing louder, we'll do whatever. And that's all you can do, really, isn't it? I mean, they have every right to do that if they want to. If, if they want to, you know, stir some more hate towards Steelers, then why not? Just let Steelers players and fans thrive upon that hate like they always have done. I think makes them better better as, you know, as, as individuals. If we chain the team louder, there'll be more banter between both teams. And, you know, I, I think everyone's going to thrive upon that hate. So, yeah, bring it. Fighting words, Andy. Fighting words, I like that. Um, I honestly don't care about it. I, I my, my point before with Sheffield was it's the home team's prerogative if they want to make that decision, they realise what hate and backlash they're going to get from it. If they want to make the decision to ban away drums, you know, they have that control. They're the away team. If they're going to ban drums, you know, there's no need for them to make it even and ban it for their own fans and the away fans. They're, they're the home team. And if, if you're the home team, why would you not want to control those kind of, you know, outward influences? Same principle for Cardiff. You know, if they want to stop Sheffield from bringing drums in, they want to make a point about the fact that they disagree with what Sheffield have done. Fair play. I I don't necessarily agree with the they've not been influenced, they've not been affected by the ban. They haven't to date. They will be in the last game of the season because there's no way that we're going to lift the ban for that last game of the season. So, and to be fair, at that point, there'd be no chance for them to get their own back if that's what it is I don't susp- I don't really think it is them getting their own back per se I think it's just them making a point and, and sticking their nose in um, but as I say it's the, again they're the home team it's their prerogative they want to stop the away fans from taking in drums crack on as you guys as we've said before as we said about Sheffield the drums aren't there supposed the drums aren't there directly to make noise the drums are there to help coordinate the fans to make the noise and, you know, without them, we just have to make more noise to make sure it gets out there. Um, anything else to add on Drumgate Part 4? Or can we finally please put this to bed and never have to speak about it again? Yeah. For Fortnite. Now, to be fair, I, don't, I can't see many other situations where this is going to come up. I think, obviously, the first time that we meant, well, Part 3, it was mentioned because Fife kind of stuck the nose in on Twitter and it was an official club putting it on their official media channel. This time round, it's a club that have officially said that it's action because of what Sheffield have done. So I think that kind of gave cause for us to discuss it. I, I don't think there's many other scenarios in which it should rear its head again on the podcast. Um, but never say never. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, Dave, you wanted the next thing on the agenda. Um, it's been going round like wildfire all, all over the news. Um, is of course coronavirus, um, but there's been some sporting impacts as well. Uh, you just wanted to add that to the agenda, mate. It is, and it's not about fans drinking uh, poor Mexican lager. It's the the impact it is on signs have on events. Um, the first set of events that we're seeing suspended and postponed is the, the Six Nations games in Italy. Both the senior men's and the twenties is being cancelled. 
Um, Ireland, Italy had also been cancelled. Um, and the huge fear is that the world champs in Switzerland is going to be cancelled for the very same reason. Now, there was a quote uh, from uh, one of the the IHF vice president to a, a Latvian uh, and, uh, journalist, um, basically saying um, they, they, they will have to be cancelled if the, the Swiss government will keep the restrictions intact after the midpoint of March. Basically, the Swiss federal government have said from the 1st of March, or 28th of March, Feb, my apologies. Anything that could have over a thousand people was behind closed doors. That's it. Um, so the latter rounds of the Swiss National League uh, was all done behind closed doors, apart from the last rounds are now cancelled, stroke postponed, and, and everything's been delayed. Um, and they're going to review that up to the 15th of March. If had that been lifted, I suspect everything would be fine. However, Switzerland are now having more incidents and pickups of, of the coronavirus they've had, sadly had their first death um, even worse from an event perspective and event perspective only that it was also in Lausanne one of the, the cities where the group's been held and where GB is playing uh, I think we're going to see events and even maybe even the Elite League playoffs may be cancelled to try and prevent any potential spread of said coronavirus and I just think it's going to have an impact upon and of all the events, I didn't want to ask, you know, how how do these, you know, the governing bodies, because in particular in Britain, for the Elite League playoffs, that winner goes to the County Cup. So how do they go about with the impact upon that? So let's say the Elite League, the playoffs do get cancelled and the playoff weekend doesn't happen at all. Who takes that spot? How would they do, divvy out? Would they do it with the Chance Cup winner? Joey Martin. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Joey Martin in the, the County Cup. On many levels, I'd like to see him and his team play in the County Cup. Um, Can you imagine if they did like a um, an, do you know like when they've done at the awards before, like an All Stars team? Can you imagine if they did an All Stars team and had to enter that into the CHL? Oh wow, that'd be interesting. Or like the County Cup or whatever it was going to be, put an All Stars team in. But I think you know you're going to see a lot more events, and I think hockey's going to be hit quite badly um, on not just the event itself, but also financially, because these events are the ones that do, you know, help the governing bodies all around the world that these events will be cancelled, you know, boost the finances. So, you know, is the coronavirus potentially going to really, you know, bite the sport more than, than just the illness itself? I mean, that's bad enough, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's, it's, it's an equal, but could the cancellation of these events, and I'll throw it to you guys, be, um, you know, to the game itself be quite, catastrophic I think they could be I think it's the problem is it, it's it's the needs of the many over the needs of the few isn't it to quote uh, to, to coin a phrase from uh, from Spock on Star Trek it's it's one of those things that they can't really be thinking I mean it falls into insignificance doesn't it the the playoffs or any other kind of sporting event when you consider the, gen, the, the bigger picture um I think particularly when you put it into a context of in the UK, particularly where we're looking at a, you know a free healthcare system and things like that, you know the impact in terms of, of the government having to put some kind of restrictions in place, because all that's going to happen is more and more and more people are going to be phoning you know the health lines, turning up to A and E, going to the doctors and things like that, and and it's it's just not 
it's not going to be sustainable. So in terms of like the actual management from the government perspective, it's even more important in a sense for it to be managed by the, you know, within the UK because it's got it's going to have significant cost implications as well, given that the healthcare side of things is free in, in this country. Um, I, I don't, I can't see it being particularly detrimental, other than losing the playoffs, which I think is a is in itself a disappointing theory. It's a disappointing thing to have to think about. It's not having that playoff weekend, but at the same time, you know, do you want to risk it? Is it is it one of those things? I'd, I'd, I think the whole thing is quite pie in the sky at the minute, isn't it? It's obviously only recently come over to the UK. It's it's you know we're over we're over a hundred cases now. Yes. So, you know, first death, over 100 cases. The severity is becoming more and more apparent. But I think at the same time, the severity is still considerably uncertain. When you consider the number of people in the country and we've got 100 cases of it, you know, it's difficult. We don't know how it's going to spread at the moment. Numbers wise at the moment, it's spread quite quickly, but it will do when there's, there's only a few cases. So we don't we don't know the impact it's going to have. I think that's the issue. I think it's, for me, it's very much a wait and see. But I think because there's not a cure for it yet, um, I know they're working on it, but they won't have one quickly. I think it's a case of trying to, you know, the prevention is, is better than the cure for the greater good, as it were. Yeah. Um, Mitigating until a cure is there, isn't it? That's yeah. that's the thing. Um, but I know, you know, we we were hoping that it didn't affect the world chance, but if it does, then it does. Um, a dollar in your pocket. Yes, uh, and GB would be still in the top group next year in Minsk or Riga, which, you know, every cloud. And as Brent so eloquently put before, it would mean that France wouldn't be. Of course not. Never mind. Um, no bias intended against France. Not at all. <laughs> that's a lie. Uh, massive lie. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be one that's it's going to definitely dominate 2020 and the, the overall headline of the year will be this, this, the impact of sport by the coronavirus. Uh, and I think hockey could be quite badly hit. I mean, obviously, our main, everyone's main thoughts are that everyone, you know, whoever picks it up gets well and recovers. Um, in fairness, of the 90, I think it's 90,000 cases of corona, there's over 50,000 re- recovered. So the recovery rate's good. But without knowing a, a cure for it, that's the that's the thing. The recovery rate for a thing without a cure is is quite yeah. It, it's, but then it's, you throw eight, it, you, it, you it, throw it, eight ten thousand people into a venue that have travelled from all around the world. And it's not just from them countries per se, because people from outside them countries come to watch their team. So yeah, yeah I think it's it, March could be quite a detrimental month for hockey in the aspects of events taking place. There's not really much we can go off now. If you've mentioned it pretty much our spot on. Kind of hoping, from a, was from my perspective, I'm kind of hoping it still goes ahead with the World Champs because obviously get to watch GB in, a, in another country. Past year I've been to have been amazing. This one, hopefully, stays. It gives the same memories. 
minus that probably well that one night will happen again because it's too expensive. <laughs> we'll not talk about that one night unless it's a live. We ever do a live show. Yep. Uh, I mean, in terms of like playoffs getting cancelled, I it'd be tough for the league. Things of cost and everything, because that's where they mainly get most of their money from. And then, obviously, yeah, you throw in who's going to get the the county cup, but that's going to cause a bit of a few problems. But with it being, if it's going to help with the health, not spreading it, then fair enough. You got to think of health first. I've also got to think realistically, the Conti Cups, what, November time? The semi final stages, yeah. So, I mean, is the Conti Cup going to go ahead if, if, if you know, we don't know what, what the rate is going to be for a cure to be found? We don't know what, what rate this is going to spread. You never know. It may still be an issue come November time, come August, whenever you know, the start of next season. For the CHL, yeah. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. I, I think in some ways it's a bit of an overreaction. Uh, I mean, look at previous flus like swine flu, bird flu, Spanish flu. Was there really that, you know, that sort of need to cancel? And and was there cancelled events like sporting events in in, in all countries? I I get, you know, it, in a way the world championships, like you've said, with people coming all around the world. That's you know that's a little bit different, but in terms of the UK, if, if we're still being told to to go to work as normal, to do things as normal, then I don't see why sporting events can't still go ahead. You know, like I said, uh, like I said before, they weren't cancelled in in previous uh, big flu outbreaks. Uh, UK as a whole, you know, is very good healthcare system. So if you did, did no symptoms, you know, you go straight to the doctor, then you get really good healthcare. So you know. I don't understand this massive overreaction because, like, for instance, the unfortunate death in Switzerland, that that could have been caused by a normal a normal flu. You know, you, you just never really know. It all depends on that sort of person, how well generally that person is, if they've already got underlying health issues that could contribute towards, you know, these things happening. But, you know, it, the, the sort of common sense is if you are going to go to a, a big sporting event and don't feel well you know, the common sense thing to do is uh, stay at home and recover you know that's just just how I look at it but through past similarities you know it, I, just, I, just, I just think it's a big overreaction I think a lot I think a big issue with it is the uncertainty behind it I mean things like even 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 compare, compare it to just flu or influenza or however you want to phrase it you know, you're talking a seasonal thing. You're talking, you know, in the winter time that flu is going to go up. You know, as we start to hit March, April time, it's going to go down because we're getting more into spring. It's just generically what happens. And I think I think part of the issue is there's so many uncertainties for coronavirus at the minute that they just don't know how to deal. They don't necessarily. I, I think I think you're right in a sense of it possibly is at times being a bit of an overestimation as to what could happen. But at the same time, I think that is almost a calculated overestimation just to make sure they know 
they have all the bases covered because for all, there's every chance that this could continue into the summer, whereas the flu side of things wouldn't necessarily continue that far. But I agree. I, agree. I think I think it's it, it's just a weird one, isn't it? Because the thing is, as you say, if you, you know, if you're feeling unwell, if you if you, you know, the, the standard thing to do is would be not to attend that kind of sporting event. But then you don't know how it's carried. You don't know if somebody's knows somebody who's got it and carrying it but doesn't actually is not being affected by it but then them carrying it into a building with 8,000 people it might then infect 100 people in that building you never know it's, it's just weird and I think I think it's the uncertainty that's the that's the issue at the moment but I it's I think that I think the thing that's certain at the moment is just the sporting impact that it's going to have as, as you say, I mean the fact that Italy are having all of their sporting events to be to be undertaken with no crowd is just baffling. Like even down to the Six Nations game. This is what I don't understand. If still letting games go ahead, then why are they still risking the players, the venue staff, the coaches, the officials? Why are they willing to risk them? And you know. It, it, it just I just don't understand it. It's like it's like treating them completely different, and they don't really care if if, if they contract it or not. So just... I think the, the initially it was all behind closed doors, but I think now you see more and more for being cancelled full stop. So as where they had the, the the week of the Swiss Hockey League game behind closed doors, that was absolute perfect logic in the context of why the hell are you doing it? it makes no sense. If you don't want the fans to go there for the spreading out element. Why have the players there? Why have the staff who work in the, the venue there? You know, just because you've reduced the number of people who could potentially pick up the virus. Now you're absolutely spot on that one, but I think now they're moving towards more, that's it, it's not happening. It's being cancelled. Um, so. I, think, I think the other thing as well you've got to think, though, is it's, it's much more manageable to have the players. I mean, what you're talking about, maybe 25 players on a bench plus code, plus team staff, let's say 30 people a team. You know, you're talking 60 people in a building having it in comparison to 60 people on involved with the running of the game, plus however many thousands of people in attendance. You, you, all of a sudden, it becomes a very, very different scale. I mean, even if you, even if you think you've got six, a 6,000 seater arena, you're talking 100 times as many people as just if you had it without the people. Yeah, it's, it's true, but, but you know, if if the, one of the coaches or the rink staff are they're quite elderly or they've got underlying health problems, then, you know, that could lead to them being one of the fat- fatalities, you know what I mean? Well, I suspect yeah. the only thing to say about that, though, I guess, is, is the level of common sense has to come into play as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are one of those people, then, you know, you you then have to be put in that position of n- maybe not attending. No, I guess that's where the common sense side of things of, as you say, if you're unwell, you you don't attend, or you know, if you feel you're particularly vulnerable, as you say, if you're if you've got some immune immune system error, or if you you know if you you're unwell or you're you're a bit older, you know that type of thing, then yeah, fair play. But I think it, at that point, it's the, it's the time to say, actually, I'm going to take myself out of that scenario. It's a it's a weird one. That's the thing is, it's trying to picture an ideal scenario in which it, you you could do it. And I think trying to keep the sport running and having it televised and things like that at least then allows people to keep some kind of normality. I think the point where you just start cancelling things altogether is the point where it starts to to go in terms of a scale of of starting to invoke a bit more panic because people start to see it affecting everything 
Whereas at least if you can still watch the game on TV, it's still some level of normality. True. Anything else to add on coronavirus? I never expected we'd be discussing coronavirus at extensive length on a podcast. We we cover a lot of subjects which we really should be doing on a, on a hockey podcast, mate. So you know, why you who knew who knew on a, on a hockey podcast we'd be talking about genes and coronavirus <laughs> and uh, beans and peas, and beans, peas, and curry sauce. <laughs> we haven't talked about cakes for a while, have we? Cakes? No, no. Oh no, we've not. No, no, no. We've got enough polls on Twitter already. We'll leave that for when we've got no polls. That's an off-season discussion. That is. That's a twenty-four-seven discussion. Yeah, between us. discussion we're having it is now <laughs> Mr Kipling or McVitie's either one's a cake and one's a biscuit so generically one's a cake one's a biscuit well there are some crowd not, you know not in a jacket type of way yeah, matter. actually who makes Jaffa cakes McVitie's oh, I've just shot myself in the foot then haven't I yeah you have exactly <laughs> Oh. Well, that went well. That went well. Yeah. This is why I said we need to keep on to a hockey talk perspective. Um, are we happy to move on on the agenda yes. away from coronavirus and McVitie's? If we must. If we must. But, but Andy, what other input do you have about McVitie's and Mr. Kipling? Oh, it depends what you want, really, doesn't it? Uh, don't know. Well, Jaffa cakes wouldn't end day of the week for me, but. Is it a cake or a biscuit? Obviously, it's a cake. And we already had the discussion. Yeah, and we've realised that it was a cake. Correct. Well, I'll tell you what, buy a pack tomorrow whilst we're driving down to Cardiff and we'll have that discussion whilst eating them. Okay. That sounds good. Can we all just agree that it's a bread cake, though? Yes. Nope. Yes, we can. Griff no. says, says no. It's a bread cake, mate. Nope. Bread cake. Even if they're listening, half of them will say no. Trust Yorkshire Griff to say no. I know. I know. Hold on, if we discount everything else and call it bread cake, would that would that count as us being biased though? Because we don't want to be biased. We would. Yeah, we'd be. Yeah, we'd probably get someone saying that. Yeah. So Everyone probably thinks we've got flat caps on. Nah, flat caps don't suit me. Would just say it's food. What? Would just say it's food. Catch on the empire. True. True. We've gone swiftly off topic again, so I'm going to move us back on topic. Um, the next thing that I have was was actually a bit of uh, shocking news that came out over the last couple of days. Uh, it was the ex-Steeler, ex-Blaze, ex-Viper. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Domish has passed away. Um very surprising to be fair seemed to come out of nowhere um i first saw it on the steelers twitter so obviously seeing it from a confirmed source straight away um but yeah uh, an absolute character out of uh, you know in the, in the dressing room and and you know with the fans uh, a great player as well i don't think we've seen many many players that are quicker skaters than domish playing in Sheffield, he was he was an absolute rocket in terms of uh, his skating ability. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking to him a few times when he played him in, in Ben Ron. Uh, played him, sang with Ben Ron a couple of times when my dad was playing with them. Um, 
and just a really, really nice guy. So uh, really, really baffling, really, really surprised. Very sad news. Like you say, it was uh, very much a character um, on the ice, off the ice, was great with the fans. Um, just a sad story. Um, the type of person that, you know, you if he was at events and he was there, he would put, he would light the room up whether he was at his own expense or at someone's expense. He, he was a joker, but it was one hell of a character. And, and the players who played with him and, and their reaction is, is kind of stood testament to that. Um, now, I've many stories of, of that's Domish related. Um, and he, he was great, great player as well. Yeah. Everyone's talking about the character of him, but I was very, very competent defenseman. Part of a championship-winning team in Sheffield, um, and, and you know, just just by all accounts, just an all from from my experience, an all-round just good guy. Um, you, you rarely heard a bad word about him, and um, from club or from fan base. So uh, I, I'm sure I speak for all of us that are thoughts are with this family at this horrible time. I mean, it's never good to hear a player or a person at 41 years old to be announced as dead. In the last, or I think the last time the Elite League saw him was when he got, obviously when he got suspended for a routine drug test that he missed out. That's an unfortunate legacy that he'll, he'll, he would have had in this league to be known as that, that player but then obviously the character that was in him that I should overrule it for most parts it's an unfortunate passing yeah, it was a, just not overall just a fantastic guy on and off the ice um, you know like you said he very fast skater, five foot, five foot nine, but still, you know, still threw his body around and uh, and just a very good skater. And uh, off the ice, you know, he he had it all. He was he was just fantastic. Uh, a, a very good sense of humour and you know, just really really, really one of the really good guys. And uh, you know, it, it was great to be able to have seen him play in Sheffield and obviously Coventry. Uh, such a a great person to watch, and um, you know, just it's, it's just very sad. And uh, obviously, we, we don't know the facts yet, but you know, 40, 40, 41 years old, still very, very young. Um, you know, I, again, thoughts with family and friends of him, and I was a few Steelers players or former Steelers players that I've reached out, and uh, you know, they've given their their sort of story about him and. And, and what they thought of him. So, yeah, just a, a big loss for the hockey community, to be honest, especially with him playing in Coventry, uh, Sheffield and, and Newcastle. So, all around, it's, it's a pretty big shock. Um, unfortunately, I think this does make him the first Steelers player to have passed. Uh, I certainly can't remember any of the players uh, from, from my time watching them. But, if that is the case, and it's it's very 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 sad, and you know, just yeah, just a massive shock to all of us. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. It was it really really was a shock. 
Um, as you guys say, 40, 41 year old. Um, absolutely, I just can't get over how rapid a skater he was. He was, just, he was such a quick skater uh, and such a character in and out of the dressing room. I, I say, I spoke to him a few times, and he never, he never, never seemed to be there without a smile on his face. Um, seemed to make it his sole goal whenever he was talking to fans or anybody. Just seemed to make it his sole goal to make him make him laugh and make him smile. Um, so yeah, really, really sad, really, really shocking. As as you guys have already said, condolences to his family and his his friends, his his ex teammates and, and teammates alike. Um, you know. Our condolences to them. Um, we'll move on from that, unless anybody has anything else to add. Uh, we'll move on to predictions. So we'll move back to the league and just wrap up on that um, with the predictions, gents. Uh, Dave, you writing these down? Go on, then. If you must. If I must. Just to uh, go through, because I found, I found the paperwork from last week. Um... Gref was bottom of the pile with four. Hey, don't be biased. Andy, He's a Manchester fan. I know, sorry. Andy was f- uh, next with five. And then us two were joint top with six. Buzzing. Mm. Out of how many? Eleven. Oh. <laughs> I just mentioned the numbers because they sound good. Let's not me out of. <laughs> if it was a 50% pass rate, we'd pass, mate. I'll take that. I'll take that. It's forty percent pass rate at uni, mate. So it's fine. It is. It's, it's easier. Yeah. We got a t- we got a two two. It's fine. Um, exactly. <laughs> brilliant. Right. Um, this week then, running the usual order. Uh, Friday, sixth of March. We've got Belfast five in Belfast. 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 Um, Belfast. And Belfast for me as well. Uh, and then we got Cardiff, Sheffield in Cardiff. The Sheffield. To the Challenge Cup. Sheffield. Cardiff. Sheffield. Cardiff. 50-50. Um, 50-50. There we go. We've like that for a while. Um... Saturday, the 7th of March, we've got Manchester, Coventry in Manchester. Coventry. Not sorry, Graf. Oh, well. Uh, Manchester. Don't be biased now. <laughs> oh, well. Coventry. Um, whilst I'm conscious that I don't want us all to go against Co- uh, Manchester, Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mine's based on the fact that commentary reform team Manchester struggling, not to be biased against Manchester. It's purely on hockey. Uh, um, yeah, but let's not discount that. I, I, know, I, know, I know some folk may want to um, go, off a ta- go off on a tangent, but no. We would usually say we know some folk might want to bang that drum, but um, it's a bit of a touchy subject at the moment. <laughs> um, I've completely lost where I went. Uh, Dundee, Glasgow in Dundee. Oh, uh, Dundee. <laughs> that was some effort putting that one out, mate. I was going to say, yeah. I'm going with Dundee. So am I. 
So am I. It was acceptable in the 80s. No comment. <laughs> uh, Sunday, 8th of March, we've got Coventry Dundee in Coventry. 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 And Coventry for me as well. And then last but not least, um, of course, we have uh, the Challenge Cup final. Sheffield v Cardiff in Cardiff. I hate to say it because I'm biased, but Cardiff. Cardiff. 17 years what hurts his ending. Sheffield. Does it sound like a free lion song? Well, they were asking for, for songs sheets to be passed around to fans to get some new songs on the go. Maybe maybe me and Andy and Joe on the car journey down, maybe we want to bang some lyrics together for that one. I've already got it. Come on. I, already, I know what it is. And it's exactly what it is. Venga, boys. The Challenge Cup is coming. The ch- <laughs> um. <laughs> So, Joe, your prediction? Um, in the interest of, of not being biased, no. Um, no, I'm going to go Cardiff. I'm going with the theory of go with the negative and anything else is better, just like I said last week. Each to their own. Each method's, you know. One thing is for certain that we'll be there, we'll have a good time anybody wants to meet us have a drink tell us how biased we are tell us how unbiased we are I look forward to it on a serious note we do actually hope that nobody thinks we are being particularly biased um, we do we do aim to keep stay as neutral as we can um, I think you'll all agree with me on that to be fair yeah 100% um, we've, we've certainly approached topics that have criticised Sheffield and criticised decisions made by Sheffield um, so if you haven't guessed, we had some feedback which suggested we may have been uh, involved in a steal of loving. In fairness, with Gref being involved, I'd, I'd you know, just like to point out, hold on, we didn't have the feedback because said person did not include us in said feedback. No, it was actually direct to myself because Chris Ellis, one of our interviews um, uh, last week, everyone who listened to it was loving the interview. Then he decided to chirp and say we didn't listen to it because it was a steal of loving because Gref weren't involved, so he didn't bother listening. Your loss. Um, we all know Gref is a secret stealer. We all know that. We do, yeah. He's a secret, secret Yorkshireman. You know. You I, I've, actually, got, I've got photographic proof of a tattoo on his forehead that says that he is. Do you know what? I remember that, yeah. But you don't want, to go, you want, you don't want that photograph to go into circulation because it might be dangerous. Is <laughs> that the one I got a Jägerbomb from? Yeah, I bought you a Jägerbomb yeah. for putting it on. Yeah. I mean, that's worth it. 100%. Having said that, you remember that without the, the threat of the Jager bomb? Yeah, because I'd have slapped it on his forehead. <laughs> you know. And what about what the tattoo? You always just have to find a way to just... just, just Filth. Bring us down to your level, Greth. That was just, just horrendous. That we're, is we're... why you move into Sheffield, Yorkshire, to, to kind of raise your own bar and level, mate. It's getting too serious, okay? <laughs> it could have been serious. Oh, God. <laughs> God. This is going to be a long journey, Tara. Not for us, it's not. We're in the passenger seat. <laughs> Fine, music blaring. <laughs>
done dusted. Yeah, the I'm challenge cup is cut. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the first words of that song are definitely right. We like to party. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Gref, what are you partying for this weekend? Oh, sorry, you're at work tomorrow. Oh, you, you, have you, are you actually having some party time this weekend, Gref? I am, yeah, on Saturday. Well, enjoy yourself. Have a good Thank time. You. Get drunk. I'll try. Anywhere nice around Altrigham or in Manchester? or Anywhere nice around Altrigham? Hey, we, we, yes, in December when we went out, we actually, we actually, apart from Tim Hortons, we actually found a couple of plush bars. Yeah. Can I just say, Tim Hortons is significantly worse when all you want to do is go and have a beer in a nearby pub. So what you then do, you get the Tim Hortons and you take it into the pub. Because if it's in Manchester, the pub around the corner doesn't have a food license, so you can actually bring food in. So you get your stuff from Tim Hortons, take it to the pub. Tim Bits and a Dark Fruit. What an amazing combination that is. Can't argue with that, to be honest. Can't argue with that. There was some plush bars. Yeah, yes, there is uh, Tim Hortons. And a Taco Bell. Oh, we are and, so and an alchemist <laughs> alchemist yeah yeah so yeah no, we, so yeah we did find some plush bars in Altrigham smoke house which was to our surprise in fairness true true um can we get back onto the topic of actually being live on a podcast right now if we must <laughs> do we have to well we've got Stafford Stories next oh goody <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Don't ask. You just asked Jovni tax tone. I promote What an idea that is. Get it done, Joe. Spread the love. Pass it around. And no, not a coronavirus. Well, my my tax tone's already set at Andy singing Jagger Dirk. So. <laughs> Andy, mate, Stafford Stories, over to right. you. Okay, um, got a really funny one. I think you'll all, all like this one. Well, I hope so. Oh, you will, trust me. Um, okay, a few years ago, uh, it was my last my last sort of season in the uh, under-20s. Uh, we were invited, I, I think, do this as... Last season? Every... Not last season, but it was my last. Se- it was my last season in the. Junior, His last season. I misheard you. I thought you said last season was your last season. I was like, no. "Andy, you're 24. I was no. like, last season in the under-20s. <laughs> You've been forging that birth certificate, well, matey. Well done. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, you're very welcome, Mr. Matthew. That's the one. Wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very <differ>. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my last season in the under-20s uh, juniors. We went to Leuven for a tournament, um, as as it's the twenties always do, just every year. Um, you know, Leuven, beautiful place, uh, birthplace of Stella Artois, uh, a great place to look around. The rink is quite decent. It's very very close to to I probably said Fife or Dundee. It's, it's around that sort of um, l- looks wise, but. Yeah, just 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 fantastic weekend. There was us. There was a team from Hull. Uh, there was a Canadian team from Sherbrooke. 
and, and there were two of us, one from Belgium and one from, I think, well, I think it was uh, Czech Republic. But unbeknownst to us, uh, in, in the first game we played, the first day we went, apparently the ones who were over 18, including myself, weren't allowed to wear visors. And we uh, didn't bring any sp- any cages with us. So we had to loan them from the rink. Uh, I ended up getting uh, the massive, massive head sort of cage, literally poking out, out, out from a helmet, quite, <laughs> quite, um, you know, quite noticeably, just, just sticking out. And um, so I, I was going, you know, all right, I'll, I'll put it on. So I put it on. Um, about to go into the rink, uh, and. Basically, they had a bit of netting that came down uh, just where the door was. And uh, I happened to get tangled in it. Literally, just netting just got tangled in in a massive um, cage. Uh, so I, I didn't notice it. I step onto the ice, and then uh, I, f- I feel something pulling me. And I, I can't quite work out where it, where it was or what it was, because the cage was just so much in my way that I, I couldn't even look back. So I step on to the ice. I step on, uh, skate forward, and then just stumble and then fall flat on my backside. I then get up, but I didn't go get up under my own power. It was literally the netting just having a you know just <laughs> falling back on itself after I've gone straight into it. Uh, so I was sort of held up halfway by that. It looked like I was squatting, um, and and uh, yeah, it was just it was just. He there struggling to even move, and then, yeah, it took two people to get it off me. So, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have any words. <laughs> oh, jeez! I definitely want to tell grandkids, ain't it? Stafford, oh. this is a hundred percent your the, your best Stafford story today. I think I don't Very know what welcome. you think, gents. Oh, Long that podcast. Is definitely up there with the best um, stories. Are always great when they are taking the Michael out of yourself, and that's it. Oh wow, that is absolutely killer. Um, Top notch. Oh god. The worst thing was just watching the whole Sherbrooke Canadian team laughing at me. That was. I, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> You'll live. It could be worse. You could have some swanky um, GoPro style camera that like you can just put on the ice to have a video of a team coming onto the ice, warn people about make sure you don't skate into said GoPro, and then go onto the ice to put GoPro onto the ice still with your skate guards on. You could be that person. Ah. I'm not mentioning that person's name out of safety. Who that was? <laughs> out of safe, out of safety for myself. To be fair, I thought you were going to talk about Kurt uh, Roller then putting the GoPro on his helmet to realise... Oh, no, no, this is just the an all-stars to... Oh, no, 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 I, I know which one you're on about. I just thought you were going to run about Kurt then. No, no. Putting the GoPro on, telling everybody he's recording them for the whole session then and realising at the end that his GoPro had <laughs> fell down and was pointing at the top of his helmet the whole time. <laughs> yeah, um, you could be that person, but you're not, so... But, uh, no... That's a that's a good good addition to this week's podcast. Good ending as well. Thank you. Good ending. I can't think of a more fitting ending, gents. Don't know what you all think. So, on that note, we will put um, 
the votes out for the MVPs for each team out on Twitter. May put out a cheeky tweet just to see who you guys think are going to win the Challenge uh, Cup final as well. Uh, we'll see if I remember to do that or not. Um, so probably not. Uh, but I'll put it on my to-do list whilst driving down, mate. Kick sound. it and say, do the poem. Sound. Sounds like a good idea. Somebody want to tell us where people can go to find said polls on social media? Of course, you can either on Twitter at MFZ Podcast or if you're on Facebook, My Fancy and Bony Podcast, where you see all the polls, um, all the podcasts. And if you are at the cup final, let us know and we'll, we'll either see you or not. If you're in the bar where we are, you can buy us a beer. Yeah, we'll also put out what table we're running, Wetherspoons, so that you can all buy us a drink. Gref. I endorse this. Gref, we're expecting some shots from you. Please. No. Another hockey ones. Did you know today is apparently Absinthe Appreciation Day? Really? Apparently so. I've never appreciated Absinthe. So when's the Ebizo version then? Uh, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> no one ever. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, gents, I think it's time to bring this one to a close. Um, Dave, thank you very much, sir. See you tomorrow on our day off from work. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, Gref. Thank you, Andy, when you uh, eventually turned up. Um, And to the listeners, hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, Actually, I've enjoyed this one. This has been a fun one to do. So uh, thanks for listening. And um, yeah, see you, uh, see two of you tomorrow, bright and early, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Beer in hand. Day mm. coat. <laughs> Same for you. <laughs> I can wait. I can wait four hours. It's fine. Fair play. Griff, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks to Sorry. Well, mate, your your appearance only brings us less bias uh, involved in the podcast, so we're we're very happy to Allegedly. have you. That's perfectly fine. I mean. Hopefully you enjoy a trip down to Cardiff. Hope there's no bowling. I can categorically guarantee you there will be no bowling. No about pool? Oh no, pool's all right. Just temp him. I'm not a fan of temp him. Thanks to everyone that's actually listened as well. I mean, real MVPs for getting this far. Do you know what? Do you know the funny thing is, we actually started this saying that we thought it was going to be quite a quick one, and I think we've hit the two-hour mark again. Probably. So. But it's before midnight, so I'm, I'm I'm happy with this. That is true. That is true. Can confirm. And uh, Andy, thank you very much, sir, for late arrival, but uh, made up for it very much so with the, with the content once you arrived. So thank you very much, Bob. No, thank you. Uh, again, yep. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I was a bit late. Uh, oh, right, overran. Better late than Overhand timing, exactly. But yeah, thanks, th- thanks to yourself, thanks Dave, thanks Gref, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I know it's another lengthy one, but I hope you've uh, enjoyed the content, the content, and it's been worth it. Yeah, echo what everybody else has said. Thank you to everybody for listening. Um, so we'll put out all, all those polls out. Let us know what you think, and uh, hopefully, without being too biased, we'll be sat here next week talking about how the Steelers have won the Challenge Cup. Um, or, um, and for the balance we'll, we'll talk if Cardiff win it yeah. we, we, of course 
of course. We may begrudgingly talk about it, but we will still talk about it nonetheless. Exactly. Exactly that. So, yeah, thank you to everybody, guys. Thank you very much. Um, and we'll see you next time for another episode of My Fancy Zamboni.